Hello and welcome to the Headstuff Podcast. I'm here with Connor. Hello, Alan. <laughs> oh God, poor Connor. Um, do you want to do you want to describe the kind of week you've had? Uh, my van was broken into twice, and in as many days. In three days, no, it was three days. It wasn't too bad. So I had a break. I had a break in the right. middle of where nothing was stolen from me on Tuesday. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my uh, laptop, my recording gear, and all that on. Uh, well, some of it, like my laptop mainly, was the biggest mm. pain in the years. So we've done our best on this episode, and um, yeah, quality wise. But normally, Connor makes the the episodes on his laptop, which is gone. And it is. Some of his equipment is gone. And I guarantee whoever stole it is recording a sweet podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then someone broke in again and stole my guitar outside your office yesterday. So well, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna go the next time I'm in there. I guarantee my guitar will be on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, I've been looking at getting a guitar. Um, so thank you to everyone's pricks. I <laughs> fucking broke into my van twice. Twice. Yeah, twice in three days is not. It's good. just and definitely different people because it was in a different place. A completely different place. One was in Holt and one was <laughs> Lombard Street. So. Yeah, it was, uh, you've you've had a bad time. So if if Connor seems a bit down, it's only stuff. It's exactly it's only stuff. Just stuff. Um. So, and 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 yeah, here we are making an episode, attempting to make an episode. What a trooper, yeah. Connor Wilkins is. So, if you're listening to this now, wherever you are, on a bus, out for a run, round of applause for Connor there, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, this is the um, this is another in-house episode, and it's the fourth one of them, I think. Uh, we're talking all about the Oscars. Um, on the episode, we have uh, the main headstuff film reviewer, Jed Murray. We have the Headstuff film editor, Peter Morris. We have Emer Gavin, who was on the third ever episode of the Headstuff podcast, talking about Wes Anderson movies. Oh, very good. And we have Mikey, who's been on the episode a few times. Uh, he's been on the podcast a few times, and he was on the second ever episode and other episodes as well. Um, and Mikey does all the artwork for the Headstuff podcast and for a lot of Headstuff. Uh, so we, we, we look at a few specific categories. We look at best picture and all the best actors and best director and all that stuff um emer looked at animation peter looked at documentary jed looked at cinematography and mikey looked at best original screenplay and we also made bets oh yeah what, who's gonna win what actually we never collected money we'll get the money no no, no i better <laughs> on a second we'll get the money um so whoever whoever like a wins sweet 18 euro is that yeah, what it was could be a sweet 18 euro yeah yeah three so whoever each. whoever wins whoever gets most right will take all the money and everybody will owe that person whatever yeah i'm not paying because because <laughs> you're gonna win yeah <laughs> <laughs> someone else is win so look at the money off me <laughs> <laughs> i'll hunt you down i know where you live and i know where your van is <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i've already made a fortune because i stole all your stuff oh, um by the way if anybody's looking to buy some equipment uh i have a laptop <laughs> a couple of pairs of headphones connor's making mess over there Sorry. yeah two pairs of headphones radio mics mm. uh someone's having a sweet sweet time yeah. <laughs> um so anyway apologies for the lateness of the episode and for the if there's a lack of quality which hopefully there won't be there will be there will be yeah. but we'll be back next week we have to do it uh, yeah unfortunately we have to do this kind of quick and yeah. throw together a bit because we wanted to have it up for before the Oscars yeah before the Oscars uh, unless we say it's for Oscars 2017 and hopefully all the same <laughs> movie, all the same movies and people are nominated <laughs> Um, anyway, enjoy this episode of the Headstuff Podcast. Mm-hmm.
So everybody, welcome to the Headstuff Podcast. This is the uh, Oscars 2016 episode. Today we have Jed Murray. Hello. Peter Morris. Hello. Emer Gavin. Hello. Mikey Fleming. How are you? And Connor Wilkins as always. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, we're going to talk all about the Oscars. It is, it, they call it Oscars 2016, don't they? Not 2015, because... Mm. No, they call the it the 88th. Oh, the oh, it's the 88 oh, yeah. Academy Awards. Um, so to start off, uh, Mikey, could you tell us what you know about how the Oscars work and how how they actually pick? <laughs> yeah, there's a, a panic face on you there. Um, how, how they actually pick non- nominations and then winners? I'd like to start off by saying I still don't fully understand, but I've done a lot. Like I watched a couple of videos and read. You did a four-year course on it, didn't you? <coughs> yeah. Okay. So here's what I think, <laughs> or what how I understand, it. and it was explained to me with poker chips. So uh, the visual aid really helps. I play um, poker with you, so this isn't going to be good. <laughs> so b- basically, for best picture, um, I think the, the it's best way to describe it because the best picture is the most unusual one. For the rest of them, they just pick their number one, who you know who they want to win. But with Best Picture, they go one to nine if there's nine of them. Okay. Um, and then, so all the no- all the number one piles get laid out. So, for instance, say The Revenant has the biggest pile, and then The Room has the smallest pile. Sorry, Lenny. Um, <laughs> <coughs> they'll take all of the they'll take the ba- all the ballots for The Room, and then they'll see what they voted for number two, and they'll spread those out, and they'll become number one votes. Uh-huh. And they keep going until someone has fifty-one uh, percent of the votes. Okay. And they, so they, so then when the room's gone, they'll take the last smallest pile, and they'll go through that. And now if someone has voted n- room number one, they'll look at their third, and so on and so forth, and they keep building them up until they have. Okay. They have the That's winner. That's how general elections work. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Is mm-hmm. this yeah. just a voting process? Yeah, yeah, it's the same. <laughs> yeah, like and it's the same. I think for how people now, nom- like cause there's loads of different. I was trying to read, trying to just figure out how a film gets nominated. <laughs> how who, gets who are the people? Who are the people that there are, are making these votes? There are six thousand and twenty-eight people, and they're broken into. So how you become a person is you have to have like a certain number of credits. Or the easiest uh, way apparently is to get nominated for. Um, uh, Anything? Uh, no, nominated for an Oscar. Uh, and that's the easiest yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> apparently, yeah, because like you, you or look save the life of someone who's been nominated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you look at the list of things you need to be to get on, and like they they're very strict in terms of what they consider, and it's that. Would we you know anyone on it? Yeah, like actors, directors, they're all like the you know the main people are are very famous people. They're like um, right. So like you know, uh, for instance, Ben Affleck is would be on the acting jury. Oh um, right, he's just on the acting jury. He's not on the whole. No, no, no. Oh, okay. But they everybody gets to vote so on. So he'd also picture. be on the writing jury. No, because uh, apparently he he'll never be allowed be considered for the directing jury. Oh. It's the first one you go for, so oh. he's never going to be a director on the directing jury. Well, he won an Oscar for writing before anything. Else oh well, maybe it's a writing jury. Sorry. Yeah. So. so is that uh, just this year, or he's just on that every year? He is on since he's been on it. I don't know because was he on it the same year that he that movie was up? <laughs> no, no, he would. He it would be after it'd be, Goodwill Hunting. It would be after you get. <laughs> on it then. Be after you get nominated that he get he oh, get okay. considered for it. And it. So it kind of increases every year. So was that after Argo? That's the bit I'm, I I I didn't find out because they've now they're now talking with the whole. I know we're going to get into it later, so I won't get into it now. But the whole diversity thing, they're going to change it to include a lot more. You know. Uh, female and 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 diverse members on, on the but that's Tyler Perry doesn't get on yeah, but that's the thing though because like if you got nominated for something back in the sixties for mm. costume design yeah you're you're, sti- you're still, still there yeah, so yeah, like yeah. a lot of them are very elderly yeah that's, that's, that's the age demographic they're, they're that, that's why it's so old because like you <laughs> could get something when you're in your early twenties as an actor and then you're there for life yeah and the the 
the one the thing that I found most boggling about it is you, you only have to prove on two of the categories you only there there's only two categories you have to prove that you've actually seen the movie to be able to vote on it and that's <laughs> uh, short documentary and a foreign movie so the rest of them yeah. they can be like yeah I like that one because I, I read I read a, a review with or not a rev- an interview with like one of the anonymous voters of this year's Oscars and they're asking all the questions and like they're asking you know for best supporting who you're going to win and they they kind of put it forward like Sylvester Stone he's a favourite and he's like oh I hate Sylvester Stone I just huh? don't like him I don't like him right. and, he won't, and therefore he wasn't considered right. he's like yeah I thought he was okay in that movie but he just really uh, he's just not and they're like that's the kind of yeah, that's yeah. the kind of consideration that goes into these. So these are just people going on gut. I've I heard that so they don't watch half the animation ones a yeah. lot. That yeah, they just exactly. go with oh, mm. my, my, my daughter, daughter loves like, Frozen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but does that mean then that if there's people who are really disliked in Hollywood, that yeah. they have less chance of winning an Oscar? Well, like, and then there's also like you know, the reason why certain movies wouldn't get nominated because you know people are like oh I'm not, that's on Netflix I'm not going to watch it. Like, that's not an Oscar movie and that becomes an issue when it comes to nominations because a lot of them like. I think now this I'm not 100% sure but I'm think on how nominations work is it's the people in their category nominate what they think in that category so the actors nominate who they think are going to be best right. actors and that's completely open if a f- film's eligible eligible and they're putting it up for you know for their consideration and someone's right. campaigning for that movie to be an Oscar movie then they'll consider it but then so if you're like, someone who's going to get nominated one year it's in your best interest not to nominate the other really good people <laughs> they're going to I, guess, you. I, I have to presume obviously you can never nominate anything you're involved in I, um, I would imagine there is because they know who the voters are so they, it's not um, Enda Kenny will be voting for Enda Kenny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right it's well honest. it's it's almost like an elephant in the room so let's just talk about it now diversity uh, here's a room of six white people let's talk, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk yeah, about but one woman and yeah. one diversity woman. which yeah. I, I'm bad at percentages but what was in the academy it's something like I think 15% female or something like that 15 Something quite low oh. like that. It, maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm overstating. Maybe it's seventy something percent male, and right. but it's and it's overwhelming. It's ninety three percent white or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, what do we like? Is it is it is the academy racist? <coughs> uh, look, you get that many people. I'm sure some of them are racist, but like, <laughs> uh, and especially if they tend to be old people. Yeah. Um, but like I. Like, I think Spike Lee actually spoke the most kind of sense about this because I saw him being interviewed with um, on one of the US networks and he, the interviewer was saying, oh, you know, you're calling for a boycott and everything. He was pointing out he isn't calling for a boycott. Mm. He just wrote a kind of an open letter to the Internet saying this is stupid. There are no black films being nominated. It's basically a huge club that's overwhelmingly white. Mm. Um, so I'm not going to go to it. And mm. Was he wife, the first person to... I think he was the first one yeah. to like publicly yeah. or the first high profile. Is that person. where this whole thing started? Not I thought it was Jaden Smith who yeah. started. Oh, was it? Oh, she like said started, it first. Yeah. She's like, my husband was Jada in Pink concussion. Oh, yeah. Pink oh, yeah. Yeah, I see that little shit. But like, he was pointing out though that like the Oscars are, they're in some way, they're a symptom. Like, they're not necessarily a cause of all this. Yeah. Stuff. It's Hollywood. It's not the Oscars. Yeah. Like it's like the people who are greenlighting stuff. And you, you like, you do hear like weird stuff occasionally coming out of like studios saying like, Oh, we we won't put a, a black film star into something as the lead because China Chinese people don't like black people. Like yeah. weird assumptions like that that kind of float around. Um, also, it's kind of if what we're saying about if you get nominated, then you're in. It's yeah. kind of like self fulfilling prophecy because ev- like every year, if more and more white people are getting nominated, yeah, then it just gets yeah, bigger club, and more full of white, white people. people gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, and it's actually hard to 
diversify but that. I, I still they're changing it. it. How do you know? How are they changing it? Do you know? Well, they they just added. They they actively sought out more diverse members because it's it's a committee who decided. You know, like if you're nominated, you're not automatically in. You're automatically considered. Oh, um, okay. so it's not. It doesn't build that bigly. They they'll add a bigly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Brains fried. You're getting a lot out of me here. Um, but they they'll basically consider a certain amount of people each year, I think. Um, and yeah, it it that's how you're considered. You have to mm. fit a, a certain number of uh, things. But then won't there have to be, have to be enough good black lead characters? In order to, for that to make yeah. a difference, anyway, it, I mean, it's, it's still yeah, going to be yeah. a part of maybe white lead f- like films and, you know, white. Is, is the films. problem that there's not enough roles, I, or is there not enough good yeah. films for minorities? There, yeah, well, a lot of those don't get made, or if they get made, they might not get the attention. I think what rubs people up the wrong way is when something like, say, Straight Outta Compton, or like the stuff that people were talking about this year that was led by. Uh, non-white people either in front of or behind the camera was stuff like Creed or stuff like Straight yeah. Outta Compton and like Straight Outta Compton the only nomination I think big nomination it got anyway was writing uh, the, oh, best screenplay and yeah. that was the only thing in that I'm movie that white people sure. made yeah yeah, yeah. yeah which is and, like, and it's the, I was I would say the worst thing about Straight Outta Compton is the screenplay like what yeah. makes it good is the director and the cast and obviously the soundtrack and everything but like I think that rubs people up the wrong way that they're like are they literally going through even yeah. the one film that's mostly black people and going okay there's some white people who worked on it we'll give them a nod like but is that actually what's happening is it I mean there's a black host right there's been there's been black winners before right and two years sure. ago 12 Years a Slave had the most yeah. nominations I think could have been yeah. so is it w- what's the problem is it actually that the people in the academy are racist or is it just that the films aren't there I think, I think it's films. because Will it's Smith the wasn't <coughs> as <Jet's> nominated <laughs> for Concussion that's, that's what started this Concussion he did one serious filmish well he didn't but he had a Nigerian accent and right. he decided that he deserved an Oscar did nomination did anybody see Concussion yeah. mm. no. Right. no and none of us are in the academy that's like, the problem that, that is the only or like one like Chirac was another one that people thought yeah. might get or not I haven't seen it that didn't get released here I guess because yeah. distributors are like well Irish people don't like that <laughs> <laughs> um, we're like the Chinese <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't the Chinese. Peace and No Nation as well. Well, Idris Elba, there's a lot of people saying Idris Elba should have been nominated yeah, for... I, think he I watched yeah, that or it was um, great. Uh, Sicario for Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. Like people were saying that was that should have been I, a, a I supporting actor. But then again, The Revenant this year has the most and the person at the helm of that is again a minority. Mm. But still, I think percentage-wise when it breaks down, it's overwhelmingly... Well, I yeah, no, think, it is. I don't think it's case that I'm joking when I'm saying people are like going through and like that as if academy members are googling the race of different like screenwriters and stuff i don't yeah. think that's happening yeah but like but i see, there's do not think like i don't think that's how prejudice really works either like you don't mm. but there's no accountability thinking like, about stuff right like, there's yeah. no accountability on terms of the the big say studios who make the films they don't have to give reasons why i'm mm. green lighting this one i'm not green lighting that one yeah so as jed was saying these things are probably playing in the back of their minds or thinking of marketing distribution everything like that mm. but it's the films being made. It's not. It's not the academy. Is the, is the problem. It's the the films. It's yeah. the films yeah. that there's. I think it was ninety something percent of all directors were white males. Mm. Something like four percent were white females. One percent were black males. Less than one percent were black females. Yeah. So if um, the pot's not there, it's not going to. Yeah, be like you're not going to get enough films that are going to be the best films of the year yeah. by getting nominated if they're not being made in the first place. I also think that can be a circular thing, though, in that. A lot of the films that get made that get Oscar attention are made specifically to get Oscar attention. Yeah. Like if the Danish girl 
gets made, it's only getting made because or they hope released. it will get yeah, a bag yeah. of awards. Mm. So like the fact that it is very white currently probably does, there's an element of it being like you're saying a self-fulfilling prophecy where like if it's those kind of stories and like I don't think that anyone greenlighting them is thinking like those kind of stories, wink, wink, white people. I don't think they actually overtly think like that. But there must be some level that it works like that as well, you know, at green at the green lighting stage and mm. that the Oscars have that effect on what films get made. You know what I mean? Mm. Do we know what num- what what the percentage mm. of <clears throat> the Academy voting members are like over 60 or over 70? They do. Mm. They, I, I don't. But it, it like it, it was alarmingly high. Yeah, I think the average age is in their 60s, I think, or something. Like, it's it, quite old. Yeah. And right. it is because it's it's so hard to get into that group. And it's no, they don't really. I don't. They don't seem to kick people out. So that kind of. Yeah, I think there's a natural dying process that happens. That <laughs> keeps the but I think like <laughs> just even <laughs> even the way that like because that's what I was interested about the nominations and how films going to like the way you, like I know I'm going back to it, but it just I just keep thinking of like like a blood in blood out. <laughs> <laughs> But like it does seem to direct a certain type of movie to get to get in into this category. Like they're very kind of bland, you know. Oscar like, movies, yeah. Oscar they're, they're bait. Oscar like, movies. It's actually a genre. Oscar movies. Oscar bait. Yeah, yeah you're mm. just kind of saying they released it now, and it's going to be some kind of soppy, generally, you know, overly played, overly dramatic film. But I think, uh, yeah, I think this is very interesting year this year though because yeah, there's no real Oscar baity movies. Yeah, well, except Brooklyn, maybe. I'd say some of them are, but they're well made enough. Yeah. That, like, like in Best Picture, I don't think there's any does. Okay, no. I think if the Danish girl yeah, is in Dan- Best Picture, yeah. immediately exactly, you immediately yeah. yeah. But like, it's up for actor, and it's it, like it's shite. It's mm. a terrible it's film. Terrible, terrible. But uh, like, but like Brooklyn is like good Oscar bait. Like that's a well made thing that you, I'm sure they were like that's. I guess we feel a bit that's a, that's about a very award friendly type of movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a period piece. You know what I mean? There's nothing too. I grow about it. There's no, in a weird way, there's yeah. almost not that much challenging about it, but it's a very well made film and it's a very well acted film. And Sometimes it's just I feel solid. like films like that get made because it's the right time. Like that book by Come to Being came out a couple of years ago, did very well, it was a bestseller in loads of places. And like at the, at the right time, Sir Sharonin is there to kind of play the role. It, it's, mm. it almost seems like we got to do it now because Sir Sharonin is perfect for this. And if not, and that's, I think, the, the first role. And I have no idea if that's how it happens, but that's how it feels <laughs> in my head. But it was the first role she played an Irish person in, uh, because she, like, a, a, well, one the first big film that she played. Really? Like, yeah, because she she didn't want to do, she didn't want to get like typecast into. Ah, okay. I'm the Irish person, so she only did that role because she really. Well, liked she fucked so. that up by going on every talk show in yeah. the world. Yeah. Yeah. Her name. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering why she wasn't talking about being Irish any time before this, and then yeah, all yeah. of a sudden it was like Saoirse and all the rest. Yeah. Of it. I just want to be an Irish girl. <laughs> she like sounds like a Irish young accent. female version of the lad who used to do the Brennan's bread. <laughs> <laughs> like she has a very weird accent. But she sounds more Irish, I think. But she's, than she's from Carlow. She's, she's from Carlow. She's from Carlow originally. Yeah. Like she did yeah. a very Dublin accent when she's yeah, doing the rounds. Well, it's very it's kind of commuter belt to Dublin, like very kind of middle classy. Well, yeah, but at the same time, very old school. It's a very strange. Yeah, kind of, there's, there's something. It's not a hearty Carlo accent, anyway. Isn't no, it? but old school is what I hear. Yeah, there's okay, something yeah. traditional about it. Yeah. Mm. Is there something about how films are distribute, distributed uh, in that in how they get like pick up nominations and things? I'm thinking about Netflix and how 
it looks like Netflix is going to take over the world in terms of filmmaking and and definitely in TV for the next few years. Not in terms of military might. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I think phase three will be military. It will be an actual totalitarian dictatorship. Um, but is that the reason maybe that Beasts of Nation didn't get nominated? That people just didn't see it? It was in I yeah. think in one cinema in LA or something. And other than that, you had to have Netflix but, to see it. But yeah. it, it was it was premiered at at uh, film festivals. Was it? Yeah, it was in it was definitely in Venice. Right. Um, back uh, it its premiere like, was there right. before it went on to Netflix so that makes it eligible I think for oh it for was eligible I, yeah, yeah. I know it was eligible but did it not enough people to see it so that it would get you th- so but then, then you voting but then you question room <clears throat> like how, how the hell is that there that was in uh, so so few screens in, in, but in that, the States but, but it didn't win in Toronto yeah yeah I it did very well festival circuit I think sometimes as well the Academy when it comes to stuff being distributed a new way or any kind of innovation they can kind of because it's a big, essentially a huge bureaucracy, they, it can be a bit slow to adapt. Like, you get different examples of, like, Tron, I think, wasn't allowed to uh, be nominated for Best Visual Effects or something like that. Because they, they had different criteria for what visual uh, effects were back right. then. So even uh, though it was about, the first oh, the original one. Tron. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's the original yeah. Tron. Because it was done with... Uh, it was done with computers, <laughs> so you <laughs> weren't allowed, or something mad yeah, like that. Okay. And the same, I think, the first electronic score, the wasn't allowed to be considered because the guild of composers or whatever it's called I can't remember but uh, they were like no that's that's electronic that's not music so it, like he even it's had to yeah. he even had to be credited as something like electronic tonalities or something <laughs> as opposed to just score by yeah the guild is another thing that like all of the guilds are just ridiculous in terms of like you can only have one director on a movie which is why mm. Uh, Roger, Roger, he was never going to get nominated for anything anyway but Robert Rodriguez can never win an award because he's not on the guild anymore because he, he did Spin City or Sin City Sin City and they had <laughs> different <laughs> but uh, I'm, same I'm with the Coen Brothers same. isn't it don't they do that yeah the, well brothers. they both direct but they only credit Shh. one oh, yeah. they might be listening with- Air. Didn't they do that with Airplane? The directors yeah, changed their yeah, name legally. because it was three directors. Oh, so yeah. they changed their name to one name so that they were Sucker all represented. Abrams. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about screenplays. Mikey, yeah, okay. you're going to talk about uh, original screenplays? I am. Uh, what, would you, what would you like me to say? Well, what do we have? What are the movies? Okay, have? so... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I am very prepared yeah, to be here yeah. today. I, I uh, should say that um, Mikey was a late substitute. Yes. Uh, and, and thanks for being here. Yeah, it's great. You're uh, poor old Edwin Salmon couldn't make it. So, uh, But he sent me something to, to say about his little speciality. So uh, anyway... Fifty Shades of Grey. So we start with the original screenplay. What, what films are nominated? So nominated is... Bridge of Spies, Ex Machina, Inside Out, Spotlight, and Straight Outta Compton. Um, now I have seen all of them. Uh, I I would probably preference. Do we? Are we going to start talking about what we think yeah. should win? What do you think? What do you think will win? What will win? Spotlight. What I, What I'd love to see win is Ex Machina. Um, right. I I don't necessarily think it's the best screenplay there, but I I just love that movie, and it's a shame it's not nominated for more things. Like I'd love to see Alicia Vikander in in her category been nominated for it because I thought that was incredible like mm. um, the fact that I fancied her so much when she was <laughs> human, you know, that's, that's acting right there <laughs> that's um, not that incredible that's no, 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 no. she's really good at being an, a human I think she's incredible but uh, for many reasons um, it is but great I, I, screenplay though because it's such a minimal yeah there's only what three or four people in the movie and you're still glued to it for the whole two hours you know, so the, the screenplay itself. I, I kind of like that. I like that screenplay a lot, but I do think the disappointing thing about it, though, is that it, it 
begins as a sci-fi on it plays on like this whole thing of the Turing test and it being almost like a thought experiment and I, I guess spoilers turns into kind of a slasher film at the end yeah and it's Fine not, not in a and not in a way that like oh brilliant they've switched the genre like all Alex Garland's scripts seem to end like that yeah. where they just turn into like oh how the fuck do I wrap this up just have someone run around and start killing everyone <laughs> um so like that's slightly disappointing it's still very entertaining and feels very solid but like that felt like it wasn't quite delivering on its premise almost I actually think the best screenplay should be um, Inside Out yeah that's great. Like, I think yeah. it's because it's such a novel concept sh- shouldn't work and does brilliantly and is just really ev- like everything about that is very well put together I just, but I, I find just it love hard. that screenplay and that idea being brought to fruition to give the credit to this to writers on that though because like, I've listened to a number of you know podcasts Sorry, Alan. Uh, with with the, with the <laughs> we'll writers, talk about that after. <laughs> with uh, with the writers from that talking about the process, and it just it's so much more than them bringing that forward. Like you know, they like so they had five writers on it. One came in for the last couple of months. Some were on for five years. It it kept mm. changing, but a lot of it comes down to the the storyboard artists, and they're the ones kind of bringing. Like it's, it's such a big team that to credit, you know, those five guys in that room with making that thing happen. Because I think Pixar, like it, I think that should be best picture. I think I think it should be in best picture, maybe not win it. Uh, like, and there's still a spot for one more best picture, so I don't know why. Because they can have ten. Uh, oh, right. They can. I think it's uh, more than five and less than ten. Uh-huh. So I like. I think in that sense, I think it's incredible, and and all the people involved made it. I don't think I wouldn't think the writers uh, should get all the credit. Uh, but. That's not to say it isn't. Uh, I wouldn't say there, but the screenplay wouldn't mean they're getting all the credit. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I suppose yeah, it'd be it'd be good to see it uh, acknowledged in some in some form. Uh, Is there uh, any duds in the category? Yes, uh, I, I, I we we went through this already, but straight out of Compton, I just I think it's the worst thing about that film is how cliched mm. and. Like the screenplay just follows all of the things that you expect, you know, that that have been mm-hmm. uh, spoofed and and satirized before in in you know mu- movies about musicians rising to fame and falling again, and it's just it's, it's full of cliches. And I just I thought like the, the best things about that movie weren't the writing. Mm. Um, I think Bridge of Spies is a very interesting film in that category because the Coen Brothers wrote mm. it along with. Um, Matt Chairman, if my notes are correct, but the <laughs> Coen Brothers like Bridges. I didn't feel anything. No. Cone-esque at all in any way in Bridge of Spies they yeah. gave it a, a run through they didn't like they came in with Do you a think? fully fledged really, I, and maybe a highlight the I think they were like yeah. punch up artists on yeah, it, yeah. Really? they gave him like you know every we time fixed. every yeah. time he does the uh, he makes his joke over yeah. and over yeah. and over that's and over. the Coen Brothers that's, that's their, it, their input coming in. and, like, yeah. it was, uh, it, the structure and everything was there before they came on okay. board but they were busy with Hail Season <laughs> yeah. I've got to say this earlier do we want to do a thing where we all bet on picking all the movies and then whoever gets most right takes the pot do it on the podcast so that everybody knows <laughs> who wins and who was the most wrong uh, I've already um, put bets on uh, have you? yeah I put bet on I put a tenner on Room to win when it was 80 to 1 so if Ooh, it wins no Jesus. and best director as well which is 100 win. to 1 so smart money yeah. or definitely that's. I know that's not how gambling works <laughs> and how odds work um, yeah plus Paddy Power gave me 30 quid free in bets when you sign up so <laughs> maybe you can get can some high power yeah I think we should I think we, we do should that? put anybody in? Yeah. maybe yeah. Yeah. you've already put too much down you're, you're too <laughs> far <laughs> in are you <laughs> wait 80 to 1 but how much you put in 
Tenor. Tenor. Oh, quid. Nice. nice. Yeah. Mm. That's, yeah, but uh, we're talking about that like, oh, well, Jed is, just has 800 quid now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I really Although, do like, think it's going to win let, Best Picture. Well, let's start a last minute push for Room right now. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. rig the system. Yeah. I know yeah. the Academy are listening to this. So <laughs> like, um, All right. So like two quid, five quid, three quid, one euro. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa taking a bad turn there. <laughs> into, the, into the pot. So you have to pick all of the ones yeah, as I, you go along. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Everybody Whatever. Oh, yeah. are we in original screenplay now? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Okay, we we'll say three euro. Okay, three. All right, okay. and then everybody's going to know. Uh, okay, so Jed is saying inside out for screenplay. Yeah, but what I think will win, or yeah. what I think should win, that's. that's oh, this could Jed be really dumb. This yeah. has to be just what will win. What do you think? Will what do you win? think is going to win? Like because you have to win, mm. you're trying to win money. <laughs> I have a funny feeling Spotlight will take it. Actually, just yeah. it, okay. I'm not sure what the bookie's favorite is, but Mike, you said that as well. Spotlight, just be, I think it won the WGA. Um, I always think yeah. Spotlight's going to uh, win just before this and all Peter. the I'm going to go X Machina. X Machina, just nice. yeah, it's not probably not going to win, but if it does, Sweet Money's nine. Emer. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really thought about this original screenplay one. <laughs> hmm. Connor? Uh, I think I'm actually going to say Inside Out. Okay, nice. Well, just for the mix then, I'll say Bridges Spice. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. not how gambling works. <laughs> <laughs> adopted screenplay. Um, adopted? Uh, sorry, adopted screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> adopted screenplay. <laughs> this is the, the screenplay, uh, this no the screenplay, <laughs> the screenplay lost his parents very early on <laughs> and the Coen brothers took it in. Um, so adapted screenplay. There's two Irish novels, and two adapted from Irish novels. Um, are they all from books? Isn't Nick Hornby yeah. Irish. Yeah. Hmm? Nick Hornby's English, isn't he? He's English. Yeah. Colm Dubin and uh, Emma Dunhu Room. Oh, sorry, of course. Yeah. Um, so what? What? I think that's a strong, uh, strong category. Yeah, mm, it is. I'd love to see Room win that one. Um, yeah. Room has a shot at that one, yeah. I think. It's hard It's hard to, I think, judge adapted screenplay without knowing what the source yeah. or having read yeah, the source material. Yeah. Has anybody yeah. read any of the books? Yeah, I no. read Room. Do they consider you, the, Martian, the Martian? Do they actually? No, I read, I read The Martian. Martian. I read Room. Um, it's great. And it's all done in the voice of the child. Oh, okay. So it's literally like everything is from that perspective, um, which makes it very, it's very powerful, you know, because the child doesn't really understand what's going on, but you know what's going on, you know. So it's a really clever way of doing it. Um, so the book is great. Do you think they got that across in the film? It's it's kind of hard to get that across, I think. Um, I know they, they do But the child is brilliant. Yeah. The, what's the name of that actor? Jacob Tremblay. Jacob Tremblay. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, oh, he should have been nominated for... Yeah, he actually really yeah. should have. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Well, he yeah. should, he's the lead in that film. It's weird yeah. that she yeah, is, is yeah. in the lead actress category because yeah. she's supporting character in that film. Yeah, he, but that's yeah. a big. That's the thing that everybody has wrong with the the Oscars is how that works. You it's know. a lot of its runtime and stuff as well, it, or minutes on screen. I, I think it's up to oh, them. Oh, is it? It's, it's up, up to them. To them to oh, is it? Okay. Where they go into and the yeah. actors themselves too. The people the, nominating them, right? Okay. okay. Um, and that's kind of how it works. I think sometimes again, it's ca- they campaign for it. So like, say, uh, so there's controversy Alicia, with yeah, with Alicia Vikander and with um, Rooney Mara, as well. Both of them are actually on the screen longer than yeah. Um, Eddie Redmayne and Kate Blanchett oh, but right. they're both put into the sporting actor uh, oh, category but they probably just have a better chance of the campaign for them to be in that category yeah or they don't have two of them in the same category yeah, yeah. Say, okay so what's going to win best adapted screenplay uh, for me I'm going to say if you haven't read short. the books yeah me too well does it does it actually matter like how it's adapted from the original or yeah, does it matter how good it, it is like, as a screenplay does anybody I suppose I should be the one who, who <laughs> well I think that's the difference though between original screenplay and adapted screenplay is 
it's acknowledging that adapting something is an art in its own right you know that kind of way yeah but that yeah but does it actually does it, that still doesn't tell us if it matters how how similar it is to the book it just means oh i don't how mean similar but i mean like there, there'd be certain challenges with say yes, if you were to yeah. adapt uh like if because something can be based on like a magazine article or could be yeah, based on yeah. a graphic novel or something yeah, there's, yeah. Di- there's a different set of challenges i think so sometimes they think the reward is oh you managed to pull together right. something that's so coherent if, or like something like room where it's like oh that's a film and obviously films can't really do that perspective thing that yeah. books can do really well yeah so but like the there's, ma- a, if you there's look the, the Martian kudos for then, that you know the, the Martian is the book itself is really technical and uh, there's so much more in the book than in the movie but mm. to still be able to take all that content and that technical content <clears throat> and turn it into a, a screenplay but is, I think it's easier special. just to put a red line through stuff in a book and pick out what you want to put into a film like I think the big short I think should win it because it's taking source material that's it's a non-fiction book obviously and it's extremely intricate and complicated everything like that and it's adapted in such a way that it's really really accessible for people it's very easy to understand mm. um, using the break in the fort wall everything like that I thought was just an ingenious way mm. of actually adapting the novel into a into a into a film mm. so I think Big Short would win it that way Big Short okay but that's put more emphasis on how it's actually adapted and how right. it, the, the adaptation process of it we'll say okay Chad uh, I'm gonna go for Room because I love Room cool <laughs> Connor <laughs> what do you think uh, I think the Big Short is probably going to win. Emer? I'm going to go the Big Short because it's not going to get Best Picture. They want me to want to give it something. And mm. Peter just convinced me. I'm also <laughs> going to go Big Short, my yeah. I, I, I'm going to play the favourites game because I think it is the favourite to win the Big Short. One, again, the WGA. Uh, but I, a room I'd love to see do it. Okay. I think it just it snubs there on that category because I was looking through things. I looked up like what people thought were snubs and most of them I didn't agree with but in that category I, th- I, I did think that um, Job, Steve Jobs should be in oh yeah because the screenplay is immense on, on was Steve that Jobs. was that yeah. adapted from one source was it uh, yeah the, it's, it's down as adapted in every other kind of award that oh, okay, he has okay. been into what was it adapted from the Walter book? Isaacson Walter, really yeah apparently like because that's where they started you know, that's what they started from now he right eventually kind of went into this different, totally different three act play structure yeah but they started with that source material and it was and it was kind of given to them to right but if if it is really done in that fun. way if it, if it is done in that way where it's how it's adapted from the thing then it has to be a terrible adaptation I don't yeah. think it is though <laughs> judging from the way like just even from that one short interview yeah. I read your man it doesn't seem it just comes to oh this is in this category how do how do I feel about this film yeah just while we're on the Steve Jobs thing Kate Blanchett was up for the BAFTA for that. Didn't yeah. she get it? She won it. Yeah. Kate Winslet. Uh, Kate Winslet. No, Winslet. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Did I say Kate Blanchett? Kate yeah, wins it. Did anyone else? I actually thought she had no accent at the first like scene of that. The whole first no section. No accent. Yeah, but she had, <laughs> she had, she, I didn't notice until halfway through the movie. Halfway well. through the movie, yeah. she came, she's in the elevator scene with Steve Jobs yeah. and she starts speaking like an Eastern European and I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, Where really? was this for the first half? But she's nominated. She's up for Best Actress. Yeah. Yeah, she... Well, you see, the BAFTAs is always like a a clue but I'm mm. like it just but just she's, Engli- the she's English she's English as well I think the best but I think she's one of the favourites for the best yeah. actress I wouldn't I wouldn't 
give it. It to was only the accent thing. I didn't yeah. think she was bad uh, in it. It was just like well, I, I think I just heard so much forewarning about her Eastern European accent in, in reviews and stuff about it. In, in turn, and then nobody was saying anything bad about it, but I knew that she was supposed to be Eastern European. So. But did you hear it in the first? Li- I did, but well, what, I just... how do you mean you were forewarned? <laughs> like, <it did. laughs> like people were like, just watch out. There is an Eastern European <laughs> character. <laughs> I don't know which some on your <laughs> on Stormfront's <laughs> review section. You know, like the the, the racism blog on the yeah. Oscars. Like we're not so sure about this woman. Uh, no. um, I think it was some review was talking about the fact that she plays that character, and I think they interviewed her on how she played that character. She met the woman she was playing still exists and is alive, and she met with her and discussed. Oh, okay, but they toned like the, her accent. The actual person is very extreme, and they had to and really kind of unique sounding person so they had to okay. kind of tone it back so people would digest understand it. what the fuck she was saying yeah. in a very fast Aaron Sorkin script yeah. <laughs> it was so fast it wasn't a second to breathe enough yeah. it was just like it, can you not breathe it was almost it was almost too fast no they're connected man. Oh, I yeah. loved it no, but that, that's what I you go really to an Aaron Sorkin joint for yeah, yeah I, know, I, I was really looking forward to that so much and I loved the book and then watching it I just it ended and I was like oh, fuck really like there was no you really didn't Get, especially if you hadn't read the book or maybe if you, if you hadn't read the book you might have liked it even more but the, I, I, don't I, know. I yeah. never read the book and I didn't really like it yeah. well I hadn't read the book and I loved the film so much that I went and read the book oh yeah, so there we have everybody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I didn't hate it but I was like <clears throat> I, I think the, the climax of the film is meant to be the, the relationship with the daughter but it oh, just and it I'm gonna didn't put music, I just wasn't sold on that at all it feels like such a cheesy line but I kind of think like Steve Jobs is an interesting man he's not someone who I particularly give a fuck about um, you should read the book then but no he's interesting <laughs> but uh, it'd be interesting to like in the sense of like a book or a documentary would be interesting mm. but as a piece of drama because it's been like, what, is this the third feature or something with uh, about his life? Yeah, Ashton Kutcher did one. Ashton Kutcher well, did one. And I think there was another one. Watchable, but maybe this would. But been that's good the thing, like his HBO life feature. isn't inherently, or like yeah, as a character. Is. No, it is though. No, but as a piece of drama, it's interesting, but not necessarily as a piece of drama. Like I'd watch the hell of a documentary, maybe, and yeah. in order to make it work as a piece of drama, they had one thing, which is well getting Aaron Sorkin who's an amazing dialogue writer yeah. even if everyone sounds like Aaron Sorkin <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and having an interesting like structure that it's all before these announcements but also then just bolting on this weirdly superfluous kind of prolonged rubber ducky moment where it's like this this <laughs> relationship with his daughter to give it some kind of emotional weight yeah yeah, but that is actually true as well that relationship oh, I'm sure I'm sure it is. I don't yeah. think they like made that up but in, I like I, when they I'm made watching that daughter. film he doesn't have a daughter they made it all up Yeah, <laughs> but, but when I'm watching that film there's no way I was like Aaron Sorkin came to that being like I gotta tell the story of this man and his kid it feels like the, the kid stuff is more like we gotta give it some kind of emotional yeah. core because otherwise it's just mm. a guy who's very good at selling computers <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well he, he did come to it saying I don't want to do a biopic like and that was I don't want to do mm. who said that Sorkin, Sorkin. Like, okay. I don't want to do A to B in yeah. Steve and yeah, it's not a biopic and that's really. why I like you know looking at straight out of Compton in biopic form it just it looked at three other movies like okay we need to do this this and this and then did all those things where yeah, we yeah. just through that kind of rule book out the mm. window and did something it's, a bit more interesting. It's almost made for Aaron Sorkin as well because yeah. he loves just highly functioning uh, assholes and yeah. like yeah. very like <laughs> the whole idea of like the, the very educated like professionals and just being a professional is like yeah. the he thing that goes. interests Aaron Sorkin. And, and walking it, and talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, walking and talking, <laughs> just being highly functioning. It's yeah. and like that kind of genius, like the, the theory that like it's, it's genius yeah. and just like people who are able to shape the world that way it's never mm-hmm. about like the, the other forces involved yeah. with all I did that, not realise you know? he was such an asshole 
Yeah. Steve yeah, Jobs. I didn't, I didn't know. know. No, I was watching this. And I was like, same guy. Yeah. <laughs> you read the book, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, really. He but awful. he's a brilliant asshole and I forgive him yeah. for everything. <laughs> uh, all right, cinematography. Um, Jed, what was the sexiest film of the year? The sexiest? Oh, I'll run through them first. So nominated this year, there's Robert Richardson, who shot The Hateful Eight. There's Edward Lackman, who shot Carol Emmanuel Lebetsky for The Revenant. Uh, Roger Deakins for Scario and John Seal for Mad Max. Um, I think Lubeski is going to get it. It'll be the hat trick for him. Uh, Which one is Lubeski? Uh, he, <laughs> oh, sorry, he shot the Revenant. Right. Okay. So, uh, it, so if he gets this, that's his third in a row. That he, oh, really? Yeah. What, was it, what were his other two? It, the Birdman. previous Birdman. two are Gravity and Birdman. Oh, uh, right. Okay. And like you can see that they were both mm. with Alejandro. No, no, uh, one was in uh, Alfonso Cuarón. Uh, oh no, this uh, is yeah. this is in in Uriitu, and the other two yeah, were yeah. Cuarón. Okay. No, no, no. Gravity was Quran. Birdman was. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Birdman was. Yeah, yeah there was two, two to one ratio. He's going for two. He's going for two in a row. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be him because it's well, the Revenant looks great, and it's also it's very show-offy. Mm. Like it's something that anyone could look at, and you'll go, "Whoa, that must have been hard to fucking shoot." I almost think like the the AD team like the assistant directors deserve almost yeah. as much credit because like yeah. the idea of choreographing all that like assistant directors are the guys who are like marshalling the extras and stuff on set so like the idea of doing stuff like that like there's one scene in it where I didn't realise this Leonardo DiCaprio I think is looking at uh, someone who just died or he's just looking down at something then there's an avalanche and he just looks over and stares That's at this an avalanche in, in the distance and it's not like it's threatening him he just looks oh, at this yeah, yeah. and the camera moves around and you see the avalanche they actually made an avalanche. They had a helicopter. <laughs> they had a helicopter hovering there and threw dynamite or, or explosives oh, really? out of it to trigger an avalanche. And they shot it once. But it's like the idea of like rolling on that, getting the actor to like just hit his marks anyway, uh, and then queuing it so that it's in time so that like... Quick, rebuild the snow, guys. So that, rebuild yeah, the snow. but so that the shot works and it doesn't like, like that at all. It's timed perfectly. And like, because like the mountain is literally like a mile away. Like it's... It's that Tom level Hardy of choreog- shot, choreography. Isn't it? Isn't it? There's something. Mm. There's, yeah. I can't Tom remember the exact Hardy, yeah. moment, but like I didn't realize that they actually triggered an avalanche. I thought it was CG. Yeah. <laughs> so like, um, another. Uh, but like, just for if you're a cinematographer or something and you watch that and you're in the academy, you're going to go, "Holy shit, that was really tough." Even just on the level of for the camera operator and everyone, like constantly running around, not using a fucking tripod on a mountain, not like, using any lights is. Another amazing. Thing. Did they use no? It was no, all natural light. No way. All natural light. The whole film. You can thank Stanley Kubrick. It's absolutely. <laughs> there's another scene in it. It's um, just after Leo gets uh, away from a group of Indians. He's floating down on a log down a river. Oh yes. And there's this huge, wide landscape shot, and it's got kind of a the crevice of a river running down, and the oh, sun yeah, yeah. is directly in line with it. Yeah, and yeah. The river looks like a snake lit up by the sun, and right down in the foreground is Leo floating by, and it's like one of the most astounding single shots I've ever seen. In yeah. a film, it was just it was just amazing. It was one where but the time it took just for that one three seconds of of film, mm. it was just unbelievable. I'll run through some of the others as well. For the Hateful Eight, that's Robert Richardson, who's shot a lot of Tarantino movies. Um, that's interesting in that it was shot on seventy mil and mostly mm. takes place inside one building, which is kind of I love how perverse that logic is. Yeah, because seventy mil is twice the size of normal film stock, so it's normally used for shooting huge you know wide landscapes Lawrence and stuff Arabia like that stuff like. yeah that kind of thing so the idea of setting everything in a tavern and shooting or almost everything in a tavern and shooting at 70 mil is kind of brilliant in a very odd way <laughs> and it does look great but I don't think it's going to get it 
Uh, Carol is well, the first, well, just for Hateful Eight, the first 20, 30 minutes when it's all coming yeah, together. Yeah, when they're arriving. The, the, land, yeah. the outside mm-hmm. stuff looks amazing as well, yeah. but yeah. I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll beat. I think Sicario or The Revenant would be above it. Yeah. It's interesting all the controversy as well that the seventy millimeter because they were trying to exhibit it and Tarantino was trying yeah. to encourage a lot of uh, distributor. Yeah, C- Cineworld wouldn't show it, I think because our parent company had some kind of dispute the dis- yeah, with him in with the them. UK because they, they're all digital mainly, mm. and he wanted it to be, you know. Shown on, shown on, on film. film. They actually did a roadshow version as well, which they went around with. Uh, they do a matinee. <coughs> yeah, they, they had an intermission yeah, and intermission stuff, intermission. and like, I think the 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 cut for the roadshow version was uh, two or three minutes longer because the film needed to be longer. No, um, it was forty minutes longer, wasn't it? <laughs> oh no, I don't think it was that long. Oh really? Because I think there is a there's a there there is a much long like a, a thirty or forty minute longer really? version of it. Yeah, I, I maybe the, I misread. I, I maybe that's including the interval, but. Maybe I think because I think the matinee one I heard it. Which inter- I can't remember what the interview was with him when he says it's it's not hugely different, but there's like yeah, a couple okay. more minutes. But yeah, um, okay. yeah, just to kind of make that gap in the middle work. Uh, should, yeah. uh, should Samuel L. Jackson have been nominated? I thought mm. he was really good. Possibly. I thought yeah. he was very very good enough. Yeah. Would it be leading or supporting? I Probably supporting. Uh. Kurt Russell was great as well. Yeah, Kurt Russell was great. Enough white he's people. Just a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the person who's going. No, no black people. <laughs> just the white people. Boy, remember that white guy? He was <laughs> yeah, really good. he was better. <laughs> and then he's he's in that, and then Bone Tomahawk this he year. He gets as to well. keep his like, beard yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen that. Yeah, brilliant. Love that. Great watch. Well, I'd I'd give it everything, but where would it go? I'm not allowed. I doubt the I doubt they were pushing for Bone Tomahawk because as well that's such a low budget movie as well. Even though it has Kurt Russell. Was Samuel L. Jackson playing Samuel L. Jackson? No, but he was playing a Quentin Tarantino character that he might be similar to. Ver, you know. Quentin Tarantino L. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quentin so, Tarantino like, created Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And he's been playing that character. I'm sure in the Tarantino verse, Tarantino has the theory that that is the great grandfather <laughs> yeah, of Jules exactly. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. kind of but like it wasn't dramatically <coughs> different from characters he's played along the way in those movies. Yeah, so, so that's what I mean. Yeah. So is he doing something different or amazing enough that he should be nominated I think there's uh, the characters change a lot through the Hateful Eight like obviously they all reveal their true colours but Samuel L. Jackson he's kind of you assume he's going to be the hero same with Kurt Russell you kind of assume they're going to be the heroes and Kurt Russell obviously doesn't but Samuel L. Jackson then kind of does a U-turn on his character and then does another U-turn back near the end I thought it was an amazing performance but yeah but again, I suppose that's probably down as much. I think it's. Yeah. Just, I, th- I think people might be numb it. to the Sam Jackson. <laughs> badass, though, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I think if that was a performance by some guy you'd never seen, you'd be like, "Holy shit, who's yeah, this guy?" Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah. just because you've seen him do it. Also, I wonder. Films. I wonder is that heightened by the fact, like, if there was another two black actors nominated, would you then be picking out like Samuel Jackson going, "He should be nominated." Do you know what I mean? Is it is it because of this Oscar so white thing that it's highlighted? I think so. Like especially with the likes of. Um, uh, what's the creed sorry I, I blanked on that like Michael B. Jordan did a really good performance very watchable but it's not an Oscar It's. I didn't even think it was that good a performance uh, it was a good performance yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, what thought, you I was like creed. Oh, creed. Michael G. B. Jordan <laughs> just <laughs> jumping <laughs> jumping the, the black sorry. actors <laughs> like it's a Rocky movie and it's I think it was but a, I thought like straight out of Compton it just hit all the notes like it just Ice Cube's kid yeah. is yeah. amazing yeah. in that yeah, yeah. Born I think the guy who played Easy E in Straight yeah, Company yeah, I can't remember yeah. the actor's name but he was amazing at it because he's like it was Easy E's kid probably he's one of the ones who wasn't <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. of, but like uh, I thought that was a great performance because he manages to be like Easy and also be very small and really fucking scary <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He, has a, he does have that right sense of 
the right balance of having a sense of menace to him and yeah. also being sympathetic, which yeah. is you know tricky. Yeah, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Like he ma- he makes Easy more sympathetic than Easy probably was. <laughs> yes. like, yeah, yeah. I think the whole movie does that with all of them, though. Yeah, I wonder is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because he was putting in all the money, he's like, make me look great. (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit whitewashing that way. Yeah. Because everybody looks good. Like, you know, there's no Dre beating up women or anything like that, you know. Dre's a hero in it. So, I don't know. You should probably take some points away for that. Well, Easy says the word faggot, at least. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Just say that. They probably don't realize that that's. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure someone at this point has told them, you guys, you're not meant to say that. (laughs) I saw a a picture of uh, Ice Cube and his kid. It was a meme. It was like, Ice Cube kid looks more like Ice Cube than Ice Cube. (laughs) It's hilarious. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. He was very good. Play father and son in the next movie. So he's really. Oh, Oh, don't let Ice Cube take his son's career down with him. He's really going there. Right along three. <laughs> I'm either going to play Ice Cube or his son. <laughs> the yeah. only... I'd go see that if they spelled the E and ride with a three. <laughs> um, I, c- I think you could kind of make a point, a case for that in, in cinematography, uh, four of the five movies are kind of westerns. You could make a case for all of them mm. anyway. Um, Mad Max? Everything yeah, bar could... Carol, really. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. Saying, yeah. yeah. So, do you think Carol has a chance? Do you think it could get? A I think Carol vote? does have a chance because it's. I think that when they were making it, they were probably going, "Oh, it's going to be lesbian brokeback mountain," and it hasn't done as well as that in terms of awards <laughs> nods. Um, Should have been what? Western. It would have been. <laughs> 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 but uh, I, sometimes, when you know something doesn't get the awards it wanted, sometimes yeah. in the categories it's nominated in, it gives it a better chance. I'm not sure what the bookie's favorite is. I actually think, even though I think Lubezki's oh, going to win be it. Irreverent. I, it, it's going to be but I actually think there's a good case for Mad Max winning because like Mad Max looks great but it's also it's not as showy as the Reverend but, yeah. or Revenant but in terms of just visual storytelling it's amazing uh, for a piece of like just action cinema like there's lots of stuff I think it might have been every frame of painting or maybe it was someone else online talking about just using stuff in the centre of the frame so mm. that they can cut really fast and your eye still stays yeah, there but even beyond that, that yeah. there's loads of other but scenes where like a character moves from left to the middle, left of frame to the yeah, middle of frame. Yeah. Then the next thing is a close up of a different character in the middle of the frame. They'll move, and then wherever they move to, the next shot will be something in that portion of the frame. Mm-hmm. Like it's, as well as just looking good, it's always it's to a purpose and very good visual storytelling. So it, I think it's a very strong contender. I mean, they all look great. Yeah. But I do think that's a very strong contender as well. But even in the, way my mind, the, at least. the color and everything in Mad Max is very interesting for a post-apocalyptic film mm. to have bright blue sky mm. and orange sand and real vibrant colours was an unusual thing like you look at something like The Road or, or Book yeah. of Eli or something like that and yeah, you know yeah. they Jesus, just that was shy, yeah. <laughs> that's why Mad Max is so visually stunning yeah. because they, they just everything is so vibrant I yeah think, it is kind of the, the opposite way to do it I suppose mm. makes it feel like everything's hot though and everything oil matters more than anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the, the Roger Deakins never not having won one yet is because they, they do that mm. a lot in the Oscars where they give people awards because you know, oh, they should have won like Martin Scorsese or whatever. You know, oh, he should have yeah. won. Yeah, and Deacons now, so is the superstar cinematographer yeah. in a lot of ways. I didn't realize he never won one, but um, Sicario is is it absolutely is, and fantastic. And it, like it wouldn't yeah. be a bad film to be given an award for it. like mm. that scene where they like disappear into the into against the, the kind of sun, yeah, sun yeah, or yeah. yeah, bloody gorgeous. But it's a great film. But Even the night vision, shoot night vision, the final scene. Yeah, I believe yeah, that's not is. special effects. They just shot it in night vision. It's so they I cheated just put knife vision <laughs> on the camera. <laughs> um, but is it better than The Revenant in that way? 
I think the revenant will. I think the revenant will take it. It was so yeah. just huge. Yeah. It was Am just I putting huge. everyone down for the revenant? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Anyone want to go? I'm not sure. I'll go Mad Max Fury Road for the last. <laughs> it won. I'm just going putting myself out there to lose. Whatever the award is for. <laughs> Needs to have got my back in. <laughs> whatever the main cinematography award that was. The Cinematographers so, like, Guild or whatever yeah, they call yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah. That whatever kind of organization. Everything is a guild, that and they all wear like hooded cloaks. Um, is there any duds in the category? Not really. Carol doesn't stand out. I it doesn't stand out because it's not but, a western. But <laughs> yeah, the second half of Carol, when they kind of start the kind of road trip side of it, really the the cinematography really picks up then. But the first half is a little, it's a little bit drab. But oh, I think Carol looked great. Like I do think it because it was it was shot on sixteen millimeter as well, which mm. is kind of unusual. Kind of grainy. But as well, like I don't have the set of I'm not very familiar with like say photography from that period but looking at it you can tell oh they really that's someone drawing on a lot of references who's done that research that has a certain feel to it that you can tell they did pull from a lot of places also just kind of feels like a 1950s almost like lost in translation lots of stuff kind of through the windows of taxis lots of reflections mm. lots of stuff like that that does create a kind of a nice um, kind of atmosphere of longing as mm. well and mm. just Echoes kind of photos you've seen from that period, so it's not as like nothing on this list is as showy as The Revenant. But I think I think Carol was good. I don't. I de- definitely wouldn't be calling that like a dud or a weak no. one. Um. So Edwin was supposed to be Edwin, Edwin Salmon, great comedian, uh, our good friend Edwin Salmon, um, but couldn't make it in the end. So thanks again for subbing in, Mikey. Um. His his um section was kind of music original did, score did he choose that Cause it he did he did mm. um, does anyone have any uh, any thoughts on the music or His original score remind me the of that category eight. the I hate for eight. on the board is it on the board no it's no. on the board no. is it original score or is it original song original score was Bridges Spies Carol The Hateful Eight Sicario Star Wars The Force The Hateful Eight apparently though only barely made it because but it still much. made it. But, but it's it, amazing. Yeah, but so much of it is borrowed music from, like his. It's all re- ready. His existing and your Morricone. That's but but song. once it makes it, then it makes it. Yeah. Right? yeah. So they're not going to be thinking, well, you know, barely makes it. Yeah. It's but it, it didn't sound to me. It just sounded amazing. It was one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. it was. It's, and it's also just like, even if it is a lot of borrowed stuff, like I think I would feel that way maybe a little bit about Star Wars, where like oh, yes. yeah, that yeah. is just the Star Wars thing, but. With the hateful eight, it's even just borrowing from a bunch of different places is kind of an but art in itself. Like any song new. that uses samples, yeah. you could make the same argument about. But like, it's whereas that, like, new, it uses like, stuff from like horror scores, western scores. Yeah. Like, there's lots of I think the Exodus two in there. Like, it's yeah. it draws from a lot of stuff and it sounds fucking great. Because like, you that's get one that of the best things about that movie. Yeah, when I when I sat in there and it started in the cinema, I sat in there in the movie, <laughs> um, and it started. It was the first thing that I was like, "This is amazing!" Like, just the sound, mm. unlike actually. This isn't up for it, but I noticed with Revenant, I actually was a bit annoyed by the music, and at some point, yeah, yeah. it was very what you'd expect. Eh, there's 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 some annoying stuff about the Revenant. Yeah. That's one of them. Yeah, yeah, it just is like, oh, what would what what should we have here? Yeah. That kind of thought went to it, like nothing kind of unexpected. But yeah. I loved. It. I think now I haven't like listened like Star Wars Force Awakens I just think is John Williams so it's just like I don't give any credit it's like <laughs> you did that in the 70s and now you've just helped it you know it's like the Doctor Who team from the 60s and then who who does someone need an award now who did it in the 80s you know what's the the bit of music when they go into the bar what's that called you know that Oh, well, it's the, the cantina. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He he wouldn't do that because he was like, I'm too busy writing the rest of it. Like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So they got your man from Hamilton, the music to do it. Oh, really? Oh. Um, so Edwin says, 
Morricone for the win. Like Pacino for scent of a woman, he deserves it for his career. Has he won one before? Sure he has. Surely. One is a scary. Did he win one for America? Um, something did that, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know, but I don't have any information. Oh, God, but what's the one? The the mission? Did he win for the, he mission? Did the mission? I think. Oh, okay. I don't know if he won. I think though. the mission did. Or maybe I'm. I'm not sure, but I, I'd be surprised if he didn't. Well, then mm. he's nominated. He's been nominated loads of times. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure he's been nominated loads of times. Uh, Radiohead should win for Spectre, except they went with yeah. that terrible Sam Smith song, so they can't win. <laughs> did anyone hear the Radiohead? Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really they were listening on Christmas yeah. Day. Okay, I think, wasn't it? No. The reason. It's the reason they wouldn't have one. Oh, yeah, I could fucking <laughs> sing something. So did, Edwin, <laughs> did he do original song as well, Edwin? Yes. Um, okay. Well, no, he only kind of he didn't say what's going to win, but he talked about it. He said Fifty Shades of Grey was as erotic as a film about signing a contract can be. Not very <laughs> good song, though. Best thing about it was the fact that it was playing over the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's all you had to say about it. I think the Spectre song um, suits the film because Sam Smith, the song is not very good and the film wasn't very good. Uh-huh. I think that <laughs> yes. the Radiohead song is so unusual and so weird. It just wouldn't have fit a really traditional Bond film. But maybe it would have made the film better. I don't know. It kind of doesn't no, fit. Bond. It's also not. I don't think it's a great Radiohead song. It's it's okay, but it's not. Yeah, I think it was just a contrast to Sam Smith. It's, yeah. not, it's not. It's not a brilliant Radiohead song. Why it's would they have done that? Because it's they, they knew the they song. were pitching for it. So what? Yeah. Like, surely Radiohead don't give a shit about. It. Well, I think yeah, I think Tom York has said it previously that he likes doing things kind of to commission, like. Uh, they did okay. that. They did a oh, what's it called? Is it exit song for Romeo and Juliet? Yes. Oh, uh, no, it's not. It's um, uh, talk show host. Oh, oh yeah. It's not, it's no, exit music for a film, isn't it? Yeah, exit music for a film. Yeah. yeah. The oh, way really? from <laughs> The thing that drives Tommy Tiernan into tears and fatter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like he said, when they did that, obviously that was a different time in their career. This was probably in this interview was probably like from two thousand and seven or something, where I, he mentioned like. Yeah, I must do something like that again because, like, I actually kind of enjoy writing something to a kind of a brief or a commission, yeah. like. Uh, so I guess he was just like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'll give this a bash." Or the whole band was. Yeah, Which is unusual of all that to wait that long and then pick a Bond movie to go. Oh, I'll give it a bash I'm, again. I'm sure not that many people ask. I, I mean, oh, yeah. maybe they do because Johnny Greenwood's doing a load of them. Yeah. Now, but yeah. What for Bond? No. Well, no, he does a lot. <laughs> of score. I was like, "What?" <laughs> he does a lot of score. Oh yeah, but I mean, there will be blood. Yeah, well, it's so good. That's actually there was part of the Revenant. That reminded me of There Will Be Blood because of the whining uh, violin. Was that Johnny Greenwood mm. on There Will Be Blood? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, documentaries. Um, is it was it a good year for documentaries? It was. It was so so. Um, there's two music biopics in it. So you got Amy, which uh, directed by Asif Kapadia. That's the Amy Huberman movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Amy, um, Amy Winehouse. You've been waiting so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually as soon as he said it I was like who's another Amy need another Amy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah obviously um, it, it, Amy's very good has everybody seen Amy yeah, yeah, yeah I liked it yeah. it was good I mean it's it's done in the style the same style that he used for Senna which was uh, not using any talking heads it's using all kind of archive footage yeah. and home movie it's very very intimate I thought Amy mm. was it was very good now I'm not a huge fan of the music or anything like that but um, yeah it was definitely very very, very interesting look at her Contrast that then with what happened, Miss Simone, which is a Netflix documentary. Interestingly, just two Netflix documentaries in nominated. Um, what happened, Miss Simone, is pretty much a run-of-the-mill um, documentary about Nina Simone, starting off from when she was a kid up until when she dies. It's Actually, the punctuate. Excuse me, I'm just looking at the punctuation of that film. Makes it sound like what happened, Miss Simone. Yeah, because <laughs> like, there's a comma in the middle of, yeah. <laughs> of that there. It's taken from. So uh, I, I've derailed your articulate <laughs> points with inane okay. observation. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken from a poem. Is it Maya Angelou? 
I might that's be completely a, right. the right way to write that question. Hmm? You put a comma before a name. It's, it's grammatically in, in correct. In any situation, oh, put a comma before a name. Alan and his grammar. Well, if you're asking what happened to <laughs> Miss Simone? What happened to Miss Simone? There wouldn't be. But it's yeah. what happened, Miss Simone. What yeah. else? They're asking, they're asking her. I get that, yeah, but like... <laughs> tell us more. <laughs> yeah, tell I'm us just more. saying, it's grammatically correct. All right? That's yeah, no, but he... Okay, well, then you are pronouncing it wrong then. Because you pronounced it like you're asking what happened to Miss Simone. Oh, sorry. What happened? I feel happened? like we've gone on a tangent here, possibly. <laughs> yeah. When do you use a hyphen? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's important that in an audio medium, we talk as much about commas and punctuation as possible. Um, yeah. It Sorry, won't please win. continue. It won't win. Peter. It's, it, was, it was too straightforward and it was a very interesting look at her but the first 40 minutes of the film isn't really that interesting until it kind of gets to when she starts getting involved in the civil rights movement in the mid-60s. Mm. Then it becomes very, very interesting. She's kind of interacting with all these amazing characters. Then she kind of goes off the rails, mental health problems, different things like that. It was just fairly run-of-the-mill. Um, the other Netflix one is Winter on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom, which is very, very interesting film. Um, 2013, the winter 2013 and 2014, basically an uprising in the Ukraine. Um, the president was meant to sign an agreement with Europe, decided last minute to U-turn and sign with Russia. So oh, yeah. all the population went mental, went out and took over the independent square in the middle of Kiev. The footage is pretty much all camera footage, YouTube footage, handheld footage, um, but very, very powerful stuff. Kind of makes you want to go out and have a revolution for yourself. <laughs> it's uh, it's brutal. Some of it's very, very difficult watching because um, obviously there's lots of people. There's 130 people killed over a couple of months. Um, then you have Cartel Land, which is directed by Matthew Heineman. And that's pretty much looking at two kind of militias, um, one on the southern Arizona border. Uh, on the Mexican on the Mexican uh, border with America, and the other is a is a militia kind of set up in one of the province uh, provinces in in Mexico. Um, it's looking at the idea of uh, governments not protecting their citizens. We'll say so. These kind of militias are set up, uh, obviously, to stop the drugs uh, coming into America and to stop them taking over the towns and murders and everything like that. It's an extremely cynical documentary. Um, very very interesting some of it is, is very very difficult watching um, very like Sicario it's kind of like okay. a documentary yeah. uh, of Sicario uh, well not sorry not a documentary but a kind of companion piece to Sicario in terms of there's stuff that has to be done that can't be authorized by a government we'll say right um, but kind of ends. like what happened with Simone with Straight Outta Compton same idea like companion <laughs> <Yeah>. pieces <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> That was just a joke that fell flat there. Never mind. Yeah. Let's continue. Um, but it's very, very good. It ends on a real, real horrible, dark note where you're just like, you know, just let's just never go to Mexico. Let's never go to America ever <laughs> right. again. Um, and last one then is Look of Silence, which is Joshua Oppenheimer. Now, Joshua Oppenheimer made The Act of Killing um, in 2014. Oh, yeah. He was also nominated for an Oscar. And this is, again, a kind of companion piece Did to that. that. No. no, he was beaten by something which I looked up but I've forgotten <laughs> uh, he, he didn't win I felt he should have won for or should have won for um, for the act of killing but look at silence basically act of killing is uh, uh, he Josh Oppenheimer interviews a whole load of these um, people who were members of death squads back in the 60s in Indonesia when there was a revolution uh, there was a kind of a military coup and then basically about a million communists were were, were taken out of fields and, and killed so in The Look of Silence, uh, it has a fella called Ari uh, Raccoon, I think I'm pronouncing that right, who, um, his brother was killed by 
the by the kind of the groups back in the 60s so he goes he's a, a optician optometrist optician he makes glasses for people yeah. <laughs> so he, he travels around to and he kind of goes to all the people who basically killed his brother and interviews them and they don't know mm-hmm. who he is until he kind of says oh well you killed you my, kill my brother Whoa. and it gets to the it's it's extremely powerful extremely powerful film it's absolutely amazing um, again it's very very tough there's uh, like basically the killers are still in power so if they think what they did there's absolutely nothing wrong with it right. and that's kind of the interesting point because they you know like history is written by the victors or whatever mm. so he confronts them on that and he calls them out on, on everything that they did and asks them if it's right or wrong and everything like that they of course still believe it's right it's absolutely right what they did yeah. uh, but real brutal it wasn't like it but wasn't like just would, they just would, executed them like it was really but they were didn't, uh, just from, I haven't seen this but I've seen The Art of Killing where like the, the, the regime allied themselves with a bunch of essentially mobsters mm. and a lot of the time they killed not just communists but ethnic Chinese because obviously China had turned communist or mm. what still is technically there communist was no, like, there was no law to it it was just literally pick somebody out of the line and just kill them like yeah I, I, I remember at, at one point in, the, in Art of Killing they were literally saying one of them was like I think his girlfriend's dad was Chinese or something so he just killed his girlfriend's mm-hmm. dad like it was just any excuse to go do shit like that like this yeah. guy was a, a gangster and he was doing the regime's bidding and also just doing whatever the fuck he wanted and yeah. did, did they get into that stuff in this or? well they do but they they kind of specify just looking at this one killing of your man's brother and was he like was what was the reason at least the, the given reason why he was killed they don't really know anymore even the guys who killed him don't really know. Like, what? He, was he a communist at any point? Uh, I don't think so. Um, not as far as I'm aware. Now, his interview with his parents, who's uh, Ari's parents as well, are interviewed the whole way through. Um, it's just, it was just a violent time. Mm. And it's just everybody was being killed for, for whatever reasons they wanted. Like, It sounds, even just from you talking about there, far more interesting than anything else on the list. Mm. Oh, by, by far. Um, I think Look Silence should, without doubt, win it. That's going it's, to win it's, it's an absolutely amazing, amazing documentary, yeah. Probably not um, going to though, is it? Hmm? Probably isn't going to win though. Amy, Amy, I reckon might. If yeah. anything's going to beat yeah. it, it would be Amy, just because it's, you know, it's a fairly people have seen it. Yeah, it's fairly popular. Mm. That's the cool. That's the thing. That's the question as well, though. Like I'm looking at the list, thinking, okay, what would I pick? I've only seen one of the movies, but yeah. mm. it would a lot of the people who are actually choosing the winner of the category. Not have seen, but that's that's the category well. you have no, to. The short oh, documentary short that makes no sense. Yeah. Is that one you were saying that you don't no, have the, the, to? The, the you have short to. form documentary. Oh, you have to have seen it. You have, have to, to have seen the short form documentary. Okay, okay. You don't have to have seen documentary. Not and you don't have to have seen animation. So more people are voting will have seen Amy. Yeah, and they'll go. I've been doing this for the last six years, so I've seen Amy, and I don't know. Was Amy a big hit in the states? Actually. Is that another thing to consider? Is which? Well, Amy is repped by A24, like, the, and the, they have Ex Machina, they have uh, Room, and they're like, so they're one of the big kind okay. of. Okay. They can they can do enough, a good but push. They're, they're, they're do like they only really seem to do this, you know, uh, Toronto Festival award winning stuff, mm. if not Oscar award winning stuff. So I think, yeah, they would give it the big push. They Amy Winehouse was so big over there, that I'm sure. Yeah. Was she big in the States? Yeah. The question. Okay, she, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think Amy was probably the favourite, but... Um, but You're going for Look of Silence? Look of Silence. Okay. Uh, it deserves to win, definitely. Jed, do you want to throw in a... Yeah, I'll throw in for Look of Silence. Emer? I'll throw in for Amy. I think I've been thrown in. Now I need to get serious about my uh, <laughs> I'm going for Amy as well. I've only seen two, and Amy was one I preferred, so... 
What was yeah, the other yeah, one you yeah. saw? I saw the the grammatically correct <laughs> what happened with Simone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I and I really liked it actually, and I liked the first half hour. I just because I didn't really know where she came from, like you know her what her childhood was, how she got into singing and all that. So I did find that interesting, but mm-hmm. it definitely does get better as she, mm-hmm. you know, starts getting really political. Yeah, and meeting people. I think kind of just ticked all the boxes a little bit for me. That was the mm. it didn't do anything unique or or, or unusual. Yeah. Whereas Amy did in terms of how yeah, it's shot and how it's yeah. edited. Maybe if you knew more about like I, I love Nina Simone's music and I listened to that a lot, but I never really read up about her. Mm. Um, so maybe if I knew more about her already, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is not a new. Mm. But because it was kind of like an introduction to her person, I, I really liked it. Mikey, uh, what did you pick? Amy. 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 Connor? Amy. All right. Uh, is there any duds in the category? Uh, they're, all, they're all interesting films. Like, I mean, I love documentaries, so I'll, I'll, I'll watch all of them. I mean, I, I looked at the full shortlist. Was there 15 films on the original shortlist um, before the five nominees were picked? Mm. Out of the rest of them, there was nothing that that should be in there instead of these five. We'll say, right? I I think the Miss Simone one was probably the weakest, um, or else maybe Winter on Fire, but right, which is like, funny enough, they're both the Netflix ones, but uh, right. I thought Cartel one was a Netflix. Netflix. Uh, no. <laughs> Net, Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. You're thinking of um, Neck. Narcos, yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> no. When it's on Netflix, and I thought it had you know the little logo they have it, uh, on top of their own. Original? No, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm pretty no, sure no. it's Johnny the other two. No. No, we shall check it. We shall. Check <laughs> it. <laughs> um, animation. Yeah, um, it's like the polar opposite to what you just went through. <laughs> yeah. So nice and lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. When that when that came up, I was like, well, I'll do animation <laughs> Sunday morning. Showing the sheep. <laughs> it seems like uh, when when Pixar make an animation, they're pretty much going to win, and when they make a good one, they just win. And I think this is a good one. Right, I think Inside Out we're talking we about we just start straight out with nothing's going to beat Inside Out <laughs> and it's a pity because there are some very good ones in there but they're not good enough to beat it okay well uh, tell us what's in what's in the category um, Anomalisa mm-hmm. which is Charlie Kaufman and it's great stop motion animation and it's actually really interesting to look at and it's actually a nice adult film as well unlike a lot of the other ones is and it's this um, sorry late kind of Charlie Kaufman like Sindosh in New York or early more understandable a little, it's definitely more understandable because right. Sindosh in New York I was like what <laughs> no this is actually really simple there's only three acting voices in the whole thing okay. which plays into the reasoning there's a reason for it in the film I'm not going to ruin anything for you they did the, but the voice performing t- all together which they don't ever really do in animations so they were all in the same room for the whole thing oh, but really? there was one guy who did so the oh god so what's her name She's up for the. Uh, it's good to see Jennifer David Jason Lee does well. the female voice in it, and mm. the With Jeffrey is it Jeffrey Rush? No, uh, David. David Thewlis. Oh yes, yes. And then Tom guy. Noonan does all the other voices, so they do one each, and then he does everything else. Wow. I don't know their names. Tom Noonan. Wait, Tom, Tom, yeah. Noonan. Tom Noonan does all every other voice in the whole thing. Yeah. Who's Tom Who's Noonan? He? Give me a reference. He's in he was in New Frankenstein well. in nope. uh, the the Monster Squad. Nope. He was the bad guy with the axe in Last Action Hero. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Keep going. He you was in, he was in House of the Devil. If you've seen that, okay. I mean, he was also in in Manhunter. He was the guy with the tights on his head. Yeah. Was okay. he in huge big tall guy? I knew him to see. I knew him to see, but I don't know. I love it. Tom Noonan's fucking awesome. He's in Cinedoch in New York as well. He's the guy who shadows Philip Seymour Hoffman and follows him around. So he's worked with 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 Kaufman before. Okay. Uh, okay. There's also some great. It's really interesting. They have like 
their facial fe- facial features. Have you been? Um, <laughs> are I'm you can spreading. like de- are detachable? So instead of let's say the way Aardman do it and they make new faces every time, you've got these things that can be clipped on. Oh, well, that's right. how they did uh, Nightmare Before Christmas as well. It's yeah, but they, they it's very phys- like yeah, they, they you can, can see, see it, it it's yeah. visual. Right. So uh and they use it as well within the movie which is interesting. And there's some great full frontal nudity and also <laughs> some sex scenes. Better Sweet. than Team America. <laughs> it is it's, it's actually it is. And even the full frontal it's kind of like it's very you don't know how real. to feel about it. Well, it's <laughs> real, but his face, you can tell, is a puppet, but then you're like looking at this. I thought that's what Inside Out was missing. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's turned into like a weird, like, Mr. Skin podcast, but <laughs> yeah. only for puppets. There's like a very specific subset of perverts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I would say it is very good. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Okay, what but else? Nothing's going to be in, in Inside Out. <laughs> uh, the other one then is Boy in the World, which is Ali Abru. Brazilian director. There's no dialogue at all in it, only gibberish. And it's It's beautiful. not Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, wouldn't that be amazing? Like, like, it's just gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is actually just gibberish. Um, there's no Portuguese or any uh, dialogue, but they do go, you know, little... <laughs> is it, is they, they were hired to Like Wally, like the first half of Wally. Yeah. Is right. it for kids or is it for adults or is it? It's for kids. For the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is a little bit sinister as well. Uh, he goes out looking for his father and then you see the way. But it's through the eyes of a child. It's more, it's a mix. I mean, I, I would say Anomalisa is an easier watch. This one's kind of really relaxing because there's not, it's all just visual. It's like mm. a very long music video in a way because it's just all visual. So. So and is there a story? Like, is there an actual plot? Like, there is a story, but it's you know, it's a, it's very fluid. Right. So you're just kind of like, rolling with it. It is lovely, but I would have. Is it? The, is it like recommended drug use? Yeah, kind of definitely. Right. <laughs> For your children. Or like, if you're if you're feeling <laughs> like a, a nap, you know, it's a lovely one to put on. Right. Okay. Feeling a bit like. That's terrible because it's a great film, but I'm just saying that <laughs> if you are feeling a bit tired, you'll probably not be able to stay awake during it because okay. it doesn't really hold you. That doesn't sell a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah that's if you terrible. want a nap. What about the Sean? Is it actually called Sean the Sheep movie? Sean the Sheep the movie, yeah. Sean of the Sheep is what you got up I know. Or the way I read it was uh, Sean Le Mouton the movie. But I think it's actually called Sean <laughs> the Sheep movie. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, on, on the Oscars uh, nomination thing here, yeah. Sean the Sheep movie. Yeah, and it's the same on IMDb. It's, it's Sean the Sheep movie. Is how it's actually. Oh, it's not Sean the Sheep the movie. No, it's Sean the Sheep. It's definitely not Sean of the Sheep. No, no. So Sean uh, of the Sheep. Really good. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was. Yeah, I wrote that. I thought it was being. Anyway, uh, is it good? Yes. Um, I thought that was going to be the dot at the beginning. I still, it's still probably the lowest of all. Actually, I take it back. The uh, it's actually great, but I mean, we've seen it all. Ardman do great animation anyway. and the story's okay, but it is, it it is the most well? childlike for everything up there. Is there dialogue in that? No dialogue. Yeah. Where on the napping scale is it? <laughs> <laughs> Between I one say, and nap. I'd say <laughs> I, I watched that on a Sunday morning, like morning cartoon kind of time. So it was Were perfect. you out on the Saturday? Nope. Okay. So it was actually perfect morning kind of movie. <laughs> but not if you're like looking for anything deep. Then you have when Marnie was there, which is the Studio Ghibli. Um, I love the way you have to qualify not if you're looking for anything deep as if someone was going to be well I could put on the Op- Julian Oppenheimer movie or Sean's or yeah. the movie. 
<laughs> I was like, I really didn't want to watch. Which is going to anything. speak to the human condition. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you, you a very, Inside giving out you is a very light animation. There's a lot more depth in Boy in the World and. Uh, anim- Inside Out, I think, is a lot of depth actually. Oh yeah, but that's we don't need to talk about that because yeah, it's yeah. just going to win it, <laughs> and it's great. When Marnie was there, it's disappointing. It was a disappointing. I wouldn't have shot it as a film, and you have so many opportunities with animation to make something fantastic, and they didn't. You want to shot it? You as right. in what I mean is the story isn't good enough just to shoot, you but they decided it, to yeah. draw it, uh, okay. which takes way more time, uh, okay, yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. you know boring. And also, <laughs> the synopsis on IMDb is like, uh, who may or may not be there. Basically, this girl is sent off to live with her aunt and uncle, and she befriends this girl. Who may or may not be real. So she's not. But you call it from the very <laughs> beginning. It's, it's a very old fashioned, like nearly, I don't know, what would you call it? Where you know where they sit around the fire? Seance. Who's afraid of the dark? Kind oh, of like oh. just goosebumps. stupid goosebumps type of thing, but not evil. But yeah. So nothing near the rest of the studio Ghibli stuff. Nothing. Is it yeah, someone's last though? Is it not? Like, I mean, it's song? still it's What's drawn amazingly. The animation is fantastic. I thought he's bowed out already. I thought he's bowed out already. No, this is Hiramasa Yombayashi. I think it might be his swan song as well. Like another swan song. Whoever the hell he is. Well, I was going to the studio thing today, and Hiramaki, Maki, whatever. The Spirit Away and all the good ones basically he did, and the rest of them that are a little bit more refined and boring and this is one of them right I think it's just but his son has taken over hasn't he the main, the main guy the guy who did Spirit Away and House Moving Castle exactly. yeah didn't his son I don't know Dino Reckons of Studio Ghibli has he I know, yes. I, I know that he I know that he's he's withdrawing from it a little bit I know right? that yeah and I thought his son was supposed to be taking over okay, okay. but um, I suppose I don't know enough about it to comment but I mean if you were to look at them all in terms of their skill and animation it's amazing mm. but some of the stories could have been better do you think when Marnie was there I think I would say animation wise I mean, they always do amazing animation, but the story was just boring. Do and Shaun the Sheep, I would put above it because visually beautiful stop motion animation and actually entertaining. And Boy in the World is really lovely, flat, all crayons and everything. So that's lovely the way it takes it out and it's not, it's different to the rest. And Amelisa is stop motion, not done as smoothly, which is but it's nice to see the movement. It's yeah. like they're actually wearing physical little knitted clothes and things, which is nice. And then you've Inside Out, which is just this visual spectacle of amazingness, <laughs> and it's so sad and Bing Bong and everything, and you just can't deal with it. <laughs> so oh, Inside Out, it's not, it's not annoyingly going to win because it's Pixar. It's actually really good. It's just yeah, I would say it's just a pity because there are so many other good. If animations. Pixar didn't exist, what do you think should win? Maybe Anomalisa. Okay, so does everybody think Inside Out's going to win? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I had thought maybe because I haven't seen Anomalisa, but I, it just seemed like an Oscar-y kind of thing, but. There are some people calling well obviously for Inside Out and other people for Anomalisa calling for them to be put in Best Picture yeah yeah. as well a lot of people there's, there's wasn't a huge it just Toy Story 2 or Toy Story 2 yeah. Toy Story that was put into Best Feature that was the yeah. only animated to be mm. put into Best Feature and I think mm. if that can make like I don't think not that I, I think Toy Story 3 is a fantastic film I bought my eyes out bit of a tearjerker right, yeah. but I think Inside Out a much better film and if that got there I just feel like it should it should be in that list it is that good yeah Okay, let's move on to the actors. Uh, best supporting actor: We've Christian Bale, Tom Hardy, Mark Ruffalo, 
Mark Rylands and Sylvester Stallone. Oh, I've seen all these. I think this is definitely one of the hardest ones well, to call. I, no, I th- well, to call, but Mark Rylands deserves it. Like, oh, I think no. by a country mile, I think Mark Rylands. I'm going to go think, uh, all the way. <coughs> Sylvester? <to> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am going to oh, be hoping and praying for him to get it. I think Mark Rylands in that role, it's very similar to what he did in Wolf Hall, which is also great, but he like because he plays a guy who's arrested at the beginning of the movie for being a Russian spy but he give, it's quite understated and he does something where he gives that kind of role like a wonderful sense of like fatalism as well as understatement and a sense of a man who's just being who in resigning himself to his fate there's a kind of a very quiet nobility to it and it, it's a role that could easily be really could misfire quite badly and I think he does it so well I fucking love that guy every time he was on screen in that movie my eyes lit up I assume because I wasn't looking at my own eyes. Um, I was looking at the screen. Tom Hanks was but, quite disappointed in it, and I think that's what made Rylance's role or uh, job so much better as well. He just, he when just you say disappointing, do you mean he was just Tom Hanks? Yeah, he was just Tom he Hanks. Disguised yeah. at all he might as well have been your man from Saving Private Ryan just 20 years later. Like, right. Except for he died. Well, Tom Hanks never really disappears into a role, though. He's, no, he's, always he's just Tom there Hanks. to be a likeable anchor to the yeah. film. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, so I think likely. Stallone though he's <laughs> like I'm not sure if Stallone is a great actor, but he's just he's great at playing Rocky. Yeah, he's created yeah. Um, the, cre- the character he created. He's like I can just. Make but I think guy. that film almost gets a like I, I I'm gonna go into some spoilers. So if you haven't seen Creed, uh, stop listening to me. Um, but in that film, like it gets like a kind of a, an automatic level of emotional punch where. You because have a scene where, but it, it like it, 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 well, yeah, you're already attached to him, and he's like a pop culture thing, wanting to die because he is sad and his wife is dead, <laughs> and it's the same guy, and you're looking at him, and you're like, yeah, that's Rocky, and he's old and sad, and it's a guy you grew up with as a kid, watching him run around the steps and beat people up. It would be the equivalent of obviously this could never happen, but say Christopher uh, Reeve was always playing Superman, and then there was a Superman movie came out now. And Christopher and Superman just wanted to die and had cancer. You'd be like, "Oh my God, Superman!" <laughs> like Rocky's kind of—he might as well be Superman in our in our popular culture. Like, there's an automatic punch to that that I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Yeah. That scene. But like, I don't know if it's an amazing performance. I think he's very good at being Rocky. I don't know if he's. And I do think I do I do think he's going to get it. I think he's the bookie's favorite, but I yeah. don't know if Stallone I, is. Yeah. yeah, really. I think so, the same uh, as the Samuel L. Jackson thing, isn't it? He's kind of just playing. Well, he's not playing Sylvester Stallone; he's playing Rocky. But he's it goes hand in hand. I think they, like. they they love that they love that idea of this character getting like this actor getting an, a nomination for that character, kind of the ultimate comeback. Like this, yeah, him. but Michael Keaton didn't get it last year. Oh, did he? Oh, no. wasn't that him taking yeah. out his speech? And, and it was like the, it was perfect. Oh. He was like playing this superhero guy who was washed up and yeah. in this really great film that ended up winning. And best he's film. wonderful in it, yeah. and he's great in it. And he didn't. He and he takes out the. Oh, oh that's, that's heartbreaking. That's, uh, <laughs> who was the actor last year? Actually, uh, uh, who was it? Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that Definitely one of Matthew won. McConaughey's years? Uh, no, he no, won best actor no, last year. Did year. he? Well, no. if you listen to the podcast for information on this, <laughs> you're shit out of luck. Oh, it was Eddie Miss- Redmayne. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah this yeah. would be his second. Oh, for Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> <laughs> for a theory of everything, yeah. Um, yeah, Jesus. So I don't know if they will give it to Ruffalo. Ruffalo could probably do it as well. Ruffalo's like, like really very nuanced. Big deal yeah, thing. Yeah, I know, but, but not well, even he, that he, he changed he's his. He's the only emotional person in the film. I he, thought he I, I, like I liked himself, Ruffalo in it, but I think he was a little bit much at times. I thought mm. so. Like, because he was kind of running around like this kind of inquisitive terrier. Uh, yeah. Like this, just, just, or like just some kind of 
news reporter spaniel bounding into every scene, being like, "What's up, guys?" Yeah, yeah. but I didn't. But know like, I love that. But it was. It almost felt like he was like the comic relief in some ways. In that, and it, like that's hard to do, sure. But it does feel like just a little, a tiny bit too much, you know. Mm-hmm. No, but I didn't know where that came from from him either. As his character, he's getting really riled up more than. Amy, what's her name? Oh, you get the shit. He's Rachel got a McAdams. lot on his plate. He's actually like his... dealing with, you know, uh, a family who's like mad into going to church and everything. Then you've got the other guy who's li- literally living opposite one of the priests who aren't getting as riled up as he is about the story. But is, is it not just that he's uh, redirecting all of his energy because isn't his marriage breaking down? There's some reference to yeah. like, doesn't your wife hate you working late? He's like, and he, yep. was, he was pushing and for it as well. He was the one that was pushing it, wasn't it? Yeah. Because they were, they were going into some police files thing and, and he was like, this isn't going to work. We need something else. And he was talking about this church thing yeah like he but I think that character is, is you, get, you get this you do get a strong sense that as soon as you see that scene you're like okay I get it he's just putting all his energy into, into this, this and he's kind thing. of a workaholic and he's just yeah he's redirecting nervous. any yeah. kind of personal anger or anything he has in the rest of his life into this thing yeah and he is really good in it yeah I, th- I just thought he kind of added some night like just physically and his mannerisms and he changed like you know th- there was stuff added to that character and that he 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 did disappear somewhat into that. Like where I think it was the same with Foxcatcher last year. Yeah. I thought he was. Brilliant. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. In Foxcatcher. He was the best thing in Foxcatcher. Yeah, he was great yeah. In Foxcatcher. Was that last year? Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Yeah. Did he win last year? No, no. no. I shouldn't have asked that question. Uh, <laughs> does Tom Hardy have a chance? I actually have Tom Hardy down to win. Do you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I just think he absolutely dominated every single scene he was in. Yeah, he, yeah, he's great. I think he was much better than than Leo was. I don't think Leo was going to yeah, win for it, but he just dominated you know that scene where uh, spoilers again where Leo is in the stretcher and the, Tom Hardy wants to leave and he's like just blink blink if you want me to, to that kill was you. hilarious yeah. and terrifying it was yeah. such yeah. a ter- I thought it was absolutely terrifying but he's just a close up a big of him. threat because he's just a fucking big threatening yeah he's not, even, he's not even that big he's he's, he's, he's wide big. <laughs> but he's not like he's not like a tall fella yeah. like Oh he's, yeah, but he's like a like. But a that's why I think big just, bulldog kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he just I think he just absolutely dominated the screen. I just yeah. I, I hated him and I loved him at the same time. Just yeah, watching yeah. him, I thought he was just phenomenal. I don't know how many times during the movie I said, uh, "What did he just say?" Yeah. Was he yeah. put on a bit of a Bane voice? He's just he does the mumble thing. He loves mumble voice. Yeah, his yeah. voices. It's just he, I'd love to just hear him talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's actually pretty. But well, see, a lot of it doesn't matter what he's saying. I don't think it was. It was. Yeah. It, it wasn't important dialogue. Like you know, it's yeah, just it's, true, it's yeah. mannerisms yeah. and the character yeah. itself. And I think uh, I just thought he's brilliant. Yeah, I think when he does that kind of mumbling stuff, I think he's really good at it. He just done it in a few films now. Like, but he's, he's, he's such a good mumbler. Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he's always doing that. Always <laughs> yeah. like. But yeah, he is good at it. It was my least favorite thing about Mad Max though, that he he had to be yeah he's Bane a, again. Like, he's mumbling all the way through. Oh, just, didn't they? There was some theory going out that that was actually the feral kid from yeah mm. no the, your oh, man, man that's been refuted has, I think has, has denied that it, there's he a lot it's a remake one. now he said no there's you know you, there's loads of different theories about it but no it's this is just another I just made a movie <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like, calm down internet. That <laughs> that's basically kind of what yeah. he said it's like yeah look whatever you're giving yeah. me too much credit <laughs> this movie is a storyboard and I <laughs> visualised it I think my show for this uh, category is Christian Bale I thought he was excellent mm. yeah so he did he won yeah. something he won either the BAFTAs one of the big the big kind of run ups the kind of right. s- clear signs they're going to win he, he picked well, that Big up, Short I think won a few and maybe Spotlight did as well for best ensemble yeah. cast and stuff yeah. like that yeah. as well Christian That's Bale definitely was, was an ensemble cast. T- the big short is you've mm. got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you notice you were talking about Christian Bale's glass eye in it? Yeah. 
Is there, like, I don't know how he, he does it. He didn't have any CGI. Because he's moving his eyes in different directions he's, or his eye completely loses. No he, he has a contact yeah. in, but it's... But he doesn't... How uh, does he... He tried it out. He looked in the mirror and he said, okay, I can do it. Really? There's, no. there's one scene no near way. the start. Yeah. It's when he's interviewing the guy and he's he's just rambling on this big rampage and then your man goes, oh, can I have the job? If you look at his eyes in that scene, one eye is moving that way and the other is moving that way. And it's it's phenomenal. I just I was, that's yeah. acting. That I is. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm a bit wary of these kind of acting. conversations. <laughs> it's a bit like what's it? Daniel Day Lewis touching his eye with a knife in Gangs of New York. I'm like, give that man an Oscar. <laughs> Touch his eye with a knife. Yeah, yeah. Or this guy can I, make his eyes go crazy. Yeah. He built yeah, his I, own. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that 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 makes him you know give him the Oscar, but. If it there's just, a physical it, acting it, yeah, it just, you it just drew me into him and I was kind of just always just transfixed whenever he was on yeah. the screen. Well, without knowing that, I thought he was great anyway. Mm. Um, what, what is everybody else saying? Who's going to win? You think uh, Mark Rylance? I think he should. I don't think he will. I think it's going to be Sloan. Yeah. Sloan, okay. I think it's Sloan or Christian Bale, I think, are the... Yeah. Mark Rylance, if you're listening to this, I love you. Well, I think money on this, so I wouldn't really know Mark Rylance, but I actually was like, this guy? He's done loads, I think, of theatre. I didn't know him until... Like, I think he's very well regarded in theatre circles in London. I didn't know who the fuck he was until Wolf Hall, and he's amazing in Wolf Hall as well. Yeah. He's going to be the BFG as well. I didn't watch Wolf Hall. Is that good? Yeah, it's very good. Really? It's um, one of my favourite books. It's great for a thing where he gives such a performance where you're not entirely sure of what the main character's motivation is the entire way through a TV series. Is he playing Cromwell? Uh, yeah. Oh. And he you're kind of, you're never quite sure, wh- wh- not exactly what he's up to, but like what's motivating a lot of his decisions and what's going on in his mind because he's so kind of tight-lipped. And it's, again, it's it's almost like in Bridge of Spies, he's, a, a, again, a very tight-lipped, understated performance. Like, oh, he's almost like... Hmm. If there was a kind of extended universe theory between Wolf Hall and Bridge of Spies, <laughs> <laughs> um, Stallone, Emer, yeah, but what? I think if not, I'd like Christian Bale. Well, you're only at one. Well, I, I hope Sylvester <laughs> Stallone, but Christian Bale I, was great in the. Uh, has Christian Bale won before? He's won for the fighter. He won for the fighter. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough one because Connor. Uh, I'm gonna say Christian Bale, Mikey. Okay, sorry. Uh, I just I, I did, I'm thinking <laughs> what people feel about him, and I want to win whatever this pot is. I want to win it, uh, <laughs> so I gotta be I gotta be rational with this. I think yeah, probably Christian Bell. Did he win for best supporting or best? He's best supporting for the fighter. For the fighter. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's Tom Hardy for me. Yeah, I already had you on okay, that. Okay. Um, <laughs> actress in a supporting role. Um, we have Jennifer Jason Lee for The Hateful Eight. Uh, Rooney Mara was in Carol. Rachel McAdams was Spotlight. Spotlight. Alicia Vikander. Vikander was Ex Machina, right? No, no. Danish Girl. Danish oh, girl. Danish Girl. Yeah, yeah. Was, is it the same person? Yeah, yeah. Ex yeah, Machina? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Kate Winslet for Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it? Steve Jobs. <laughs> I said that because I couldn't remember. Um, so. Nice save. Do, yeah, thank you. Um, for me, it has to be Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just thought she was wonderful in The Hateful Eight. Yeah. One of the, uh, I love the film anyway, but she was just demented. She just absolutely demented. demented. The way through. So yeah. watchful and just like yeah. I, I, I thought, you know, because my biggest problem with The Hateful Eight was, and it's in the title, I didn't like any of the characters, <laughs> um, except her, because she was just despicable. So, <laughs> so great. I really liked the despicable. characters. Really, I just I don't know. And I had sheer like joy when all that but you don't all that blood and guts started spewing at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you actually yeah. like you like Jennifer Jason Lee more when she's covered in blood at the end. Yeah. 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 You're just like you go. Yeah. Like, this is brilliant. Yeah. See, my problem with the Hateful Eight, I really like the Hateful Eight, but my problem with it is almost kind of encapsulated in my misgivings about this, where 
it's a film that I love the fact that it's like such a long drawn out tension before it all just erupts in violence and goes to hell. Yeah. But if you're going to have that big long drawn out thing, the characters are too cartoony for me to give a fuck and also the yeah, violence is too yeah. cartoony. So when the violence erupts, it just ends up being like, oh great, a cartoon character's head exploded. Mm. As opposed to like, even something like uh, Crimson Peak, which I don't think anyone saw, but like that does violence really well in it. Because it's Guillermo Del Toro who did... Uh, you, like you forget when you're watching it, like oh yeah he did the fucking bottle scene in Pan's Labyrinth yeah. as well and you're watching this you're like oh yeah shit but like that does violence that has a real kind of meaty heft to it and it's mm. so much more effective because I, th- I think I'd seen that like the week before seeing the hateful yeah. eight right. and like for Jennifer Jason Lee it's kind of that where it's like I'm enjoying this but it is a little cartoony but she was definitely doing her job yeah. and knocking it out of the park because that's clearly what the director wanted her to do mm. uh, I think it's going to be Maybe Alicia Vikander, though. Yeah. She okay, was the only good thing in uh, Danish the Danish Girl. It was terrible film. Awful. <laughs> <But> <laughs> terrible. Would, would, would terrible. you say Kate wins it, winning the BAFTA would it be a lead-in for... Maybe. I'm so, just putting that out there. Sorry, BAFTA's home turf the, as well. Yeah. The Danish Girl, is it is it a film you didn't like and was boring or you just didn't enjoy it? Or is it actually a bad film? Uh, it's... Okay, on, on a number of levels. It's like... Number one, it's just dull. Like, there's... Uh, it's uh, oh god what's the the actor uh, ca- director's name um, Tom no, it's Tom Hooper is it Tom Hooper I think yeah, it might it be. Is, yeah it, it is, is Tom yeah, Hooper yeah, yeah. but he, he previously did uh, The King's Speech and yeah. Les Miserables Les Miserables at least has a sense of kind of fun to it and spectacle The King's Speech I don't like but it's a solid script and it's very well performed I quite like that this is like there's nothing surprising he's in the not script he's not a visual director though is he? he's, he's a very dull director and a very dull man when you hear him speak like there's nothing in the script that's surprising so instantly you're like well there's no tension there's nothing to surprise me as an audience member the entire tone of it is just up its own ass <laughs> like the score in it which is by a guy Alexandra or something or other who I think has been nominated or maybe even won an Oscar before so like he's a, a, a good working composer but the score in that is terrible and all the score does all the director I think wants it to do is be like seriously guys this is serious this is serious <laughs> yeah. in every scene that's all the score is telling you he uses the score uh, to give it weight the same way like shitty sitcoms use laugh tracks to make you think it's funny it's or seven pounds you know that director who yeah, 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 yeah. I know like, that's just so overbearing like yeah. it's but it's that kind of overbearing shit and Eddie Redmayne's performance in it is like he tries big but I think he he misses you can always kind of see the strings and it does come across very performative and also so as a movie I don't think it works but also even as just a like as, as a well-intentioned thing I think a lot of people who didn't like it even say it's well-intentioned I don't think it's well-intentioned I think it's nothing more than a very dull filmmaker riding the coattails of a very like an, an important conversation the culture is trying to have right yeah. now with no aim other than to get a bunch of awards right. like but Eddie Redmayne's performance in it as well like because it's for anyone who doesn't know what it's about it's a, a Danish painter in the 20s is Eddie Redmayne at the start he's a guy um, and he's transitioning the first kind of modern uh, transgender person to like get reassignment surgery and stuff so it's him and his wife who's Alicia Vikander and at no point when when he transitions into being a she when he becomes Lily Elba uh, at no point do you watch and be like yeah that's a she like it, it does feel like that's a dude who just likes dresses which is actually a prejudice lots of people have about trans people like he does so many shots of him like 
going like, ooh, dresses, lipstick. And for a thing that's about gender, it's also got some really weird assumptions about what it is to be a woman. Mm. Like when he's like, yeah, I'm going to go, I, I want to be a woman. I'm going to go look at a stripper performing and like mirror her movements. And it's like, that's, I'm not saying that's not a type of, like a valid type of femininity, but it's a very but even putting on performed type, putting type on of femininity designed to, to arouse men. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and, and like at, at, at the end when, when she's Lily, it's like, Alicia Vikander says, like, are you going to keep painting? Because uh, he was a painter when he, was, when he was a man. And it says, no, I don't want to be a painter. I want to be a woman. And the version <laughs> of being a woman is working in a department store, Jeez. gossiping with girlfriends and using perfume. Like, I do think people might think it's well-intentioned now. I think in 20 years, they're going to look back and be like, that is a stupid movie mm. by a man who doesn't understand what the fuck he's doing or talking about. And isn't that interesting? And just wants awards. I really thought but that it was interesting. Was that shit. And I put all that aside. If it was entertaining, it's not entertaining either. The Oscar hype had already started. Even just after Eddie Redmayne got the Oscar last year, images came out of him as uh, Lily in the Danish Girl, and it was like, oh, it's Oscars already. So even maybe that might have been influencing how they were filming it. They already mm. knew even before that oh, there's it was no, no just doubt be a that they were thinking it's an Oscar. Yeah, mm. they picked up that script thinking. Boom. It's yeah. not a movie. Yeah. It's an it's awards hunting expedition. Topical. Like yeah. it's nothing. Is that a bad thing for him to be doing as an actor? Is to be just right, awards, 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 as opposed to? Well, no. I think Eddie Redmayne. To be fair to him, like I don't uh, think his performance works in that, and I think that he he deserves, you know, in my opinion, some of the blame, but the director also, who clearly doesn't mm. understand what the fuck he's talking about. I think yeah, um, he's thrown in like the Wachowski brothers, kind of what's that movie? Uh, Jupiter Ascending yeah, like Eddie Redmayne that. is like a character <laughs> actor who like in Jupiter Ascending he does he swings big every time in Jupiter Ascending he missed yeah uh, really missed but like <laughs> I would love to see Eddie Redmayne do more stuff and I'd love to see him play like big characters he's in the new Harry Potter film isn't he that's coming out I'm not yeah. sure oh he is uh, actually yeah, yeah, magical beasts and uh, something where to find them yes, and where to find them yeah yeah and there's I, a, I suppose like he was ninth book eighth book we're that's not a, already excited about that different no. podcast well, it's a, it's a play, <laughs> that's the Harry Potter yeah. podcast you're talking about yeah. <laughs> um, he I probably, suppose he can only do what he's offered as well and if he's doing those yeah. big things he's only getting offered they're like oh Danish girl you know well, yeah, he can oh, like, you can't blame an actor yeah. for taking a gig that's yeah, exactly. probably going to get him an Oscar or has a shot of getting him <laughs> yeah. an Oscar you know? and, also, like, and for flexing is just was, acting muscles you know? it could have been already half made by the time he won the actually, Oscar actually it was like, that film sorry was long in the running before he did yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, well originally Nicole Kidman was meant to star as uh, as Eddie Redmayne's character in the film oh okay and she dropped out and then Wait, they got a man in to play so, uh, so Nicole Kidman was going to be a man at the start and ah. then turn into the woman what's that, that one that Meryl Streep did well that was or a criticism of it close. as well from some quarters that it was, there, it was a cis <laughs> guy <laughs> playing a trans woman by the end but uh, I don't know about that because you still have to start with it with the character I shouldn't say if sorry, with him being a him before he becomes a she mm. yeah. so like you could do I mean Orange is the New Black did stuff like that where there's a trans actress who Tandering. you flash back to her Tandering life when, well, yeah. before she, when she was kind of transitioning and she can play a man convincingly too. So. Yeah, but you know. So do you think Vikander is going to get it? Uh, she's yeah, definitely a lot be. more believable, I thought, than Eddie Redmayne. She's, she's more. To she's do, an yeah. honest character. Like, yeah. uh, so do, do you think as well she'll win? No, I think Rooney Mara should win yeah. for Carol. Oh, okay. Um, I thought Rooney Mara was just absolutely superb the whole way through. Um, like Kate Blanchett is up for Best Actress. Yeah. And is Kate Blanchett kind of more than Rooney Mara. Uh, Rooney Mara is actually in it more than Kate Blanchett. That's but, interesting. Uh, right? Yeah. Rooney Mara, like Kate Blanchett kind of has these big emotional scenes where Rooney Mara is a lot more just really restrained and, and, and quiet and meek. And she just has amazing eyes that she can just act 
just straight out of her eyes like that's yeah, it yeah. Uh, she seems to be able to blush on <laughs> command you ever notice that she's just like I just thought she was just phenomenal the whole way through okay. uh, she's one emotional scene in, in a car near the end you know she kind of turns around and has a big outburst about you know she um, she's completely directionless and she admits that she's, or she thinks that she's selfish and stuff like this that's the only real emotional kind of break that she has uh, I thought Rooney Mara was just brilliant I'd okay. give to her cool Amber I'm gonna go with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> I'm just throwing my money away. Mikey, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think probably Rooney Mara is the best odds. I'm gonna say Kate Winslet. <laughs> well, uh, this, this is, is like, we're this giving is it diversity here. This is who you think important. is going to win. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. This is I'm kind of just giving them. Ah, you, I'd like you to win. <laughs> Actor in a leading role, we have Brian Cranston, Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio. Michael Fassbender and Eddie Redmayne. It's Leo. Yeah. Is it, is it just Leo? I, I think in terms of who will, yes. Does anybody Leo. dispute that? Peter? Peter disputes that. I don't... Uh, it's hard. Leo, it's just... I think it's so hard for him right now because... <laughs> so hard for, <laughs> so hard for he, poor he's Leo. He's having a tough time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you're watching an actor... Okay, now I don't know how everybody else looks. When I'm looking at an actor, I want to not go, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh-huh. It's a problem with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro now that Samuel Jackson, they're Will Smith, they're a Will bit. Smith a little bit. They're they're themselves. Leo, I just watching Leo. I didn't think of him as Hugh Glass. I thought of him as as Leonardo DiCaprio the whole true, way yeah. through the film. Yeah. Whereas now, I have, he has. Let's say he has disappeared more. Let's say in Wolf of Wall Street and things. Well, that's yeah. yeah a lot of people have pointed out that, that that's a far stronger and yeah. more tricky to pull off performance in this because this isn't. Like he's fine in it. He's quite good. But yeah. And I kind of hope he doesn't get it just to see what other mad shit he'll do. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's a pity. Because like that all it's the way through, you are watching that and be like, oh, he's just like clawing and howling and snuffing his yeah. way out of a shallow grave, eating, getting raped <laughs> like by a bear, eating raw meat. Like, yeah. like actual. That but I think it was it's by far and away the hardest movie that he's ever. Yeah. He actually ate it. Did he? Didn't yeah, yeah, he yeah. Did he yeah. Or the heart or whatever. Yeah. And that was a real. And they weren't able to wear, what? you know. Like no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Wetsuits no. the whole mm. time, like so. He was physically, mm. you know. But the thing is, I think it is a pity if he's done so many amazing things and he it is coming his way. He does deserve it to get it for something that maybe he should have got because it's. I think Brian Cranston, Matt Damon, Michael Fassbender. He's. He's going to get it out of them, but it's yeah. a pity. It's kind of like Inside category. Out on the Yeah, I don't think it's the strongest category this year. Like, I think in, in other years, it's just been really bloody... Like, now, I know there's tough. an old cliche about how to win an Oscar is to completely transform yourself into something else or put on a 10 woman, stone or something like that. I think Leo actually needs to do that to win an Oscar, I think. So, yeah, Michael Fassbender. Okay, Steve Jobs. Now, like I said about kind of Kate Winslet as well, is that there's very little room to breed. There's, there's barely a, a scene where there's not some piece of dialogue in it. But as I said about about the actors that I find most interesting is when they, you know, I looked at that. I didn't think that was Michael Fassbender. I was like, that's Steve Jobs. I think he really, I think he absolutely nailed it. I think he just, I believed it was him, I guess, is the main thing. I I almost thought it's what you're saying about other actors not disappearing. Now, I think Michael Fassbender knocked it out of the fucking park. I think he did a, a great performance. But at the same time, casting him as Steve Jobs, it's like you're casting one of the sexiest men in the world as like this guy and it's turtlenecks and <laughs> yeah you're just putting glasses on him but he's still like pacing around like a beautiful lion and it's just like, <laughs> like he's just it's almost like at the low, and as well because it's that Aaron Sorkin thing of like high functioning people it's almost like a sympathy it's like American Psycho if you were meant to like the guy 
Right. Like it's that level of like him just being this complete alpha male. Yeah. So I almost think he's almost miscast, but plays it brilliantly. If that makes any mm. sense. Yeah, he but was really... miscast. I think in terms of, like and for obvious reasons because it was supposed to be Christian Bale for ages. Who like, I suppose I can't really see as I think Fassbender looks either. more like Steve Jobs than Bale does. I think Bale would have been would have done a better job. Uh, I don't, yeah, I, that's you never really can tell. I can't, can't pitch, tell I, I can't picture either, but I didn't really care. You can't picture Fassbender. Yeah, no, like I, I didn't really care that it wasn't because <laughs> that happened. Know, like, yeah, I know, but I, I, I was. Did he look like Steve Jobs? Like you're so like until it's not. That. It's not necessarily about just looking. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, not, it's yeah. about about being him, I guess. Like or yeah, no. Yeah, but I, 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 I only I can only say was, that from not knowing too much about Steve Jobs, having yeah. not read the book. Mm. Um, you know, so it's in the first couple of scenes, it it's make or break, like. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I was, I'm with you on it. I, I felt like it was, this, this, okay, this is Steve Jobs now. But mm. I, I, I just said the movie itself wasn't supposed to be realistic, and I didn't. It's and his performance was a bit over the top as well, like, and I just thought it fit perfectly in that movie, and it was a great performance. But it, it, I wouldn't say it was the best uh, uh, depiction of Steve Jobs we'll ever see in, in screen. Better than Ashton Kutcher. No, Ashton Kutcher yes. looks more like him. Yes. Oh yes, uh-huh. yes. More. Yeah, he looked more like him. Ashton Kutcher definitely looked like him, but he can't act. <laughs> that was the problem. Word. That was the Did first movie where I, I literally saw it and thought, "Oh, he's a terrible actor." Yeah, not that you know. And I, all the other movies he made already. Did you think he was <laughs> a good actor before? No, not, not even that. It's just like uh, he's a movie star because he was he good looked, as Kelso he, he looked, in uh, that seventy. Yeah, show. but he looks like a movie star. Yeah, yeah. and then. Uh, it's like the whole Vincent Chase and Entourage thing, like where it's like he looks like a movie star, but he's not a great actor. Yeah. But I don't know. When I saw Ashton Kutcher trying to play Steve Jobs, Jesus Christ, it was embarrassing. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you not see it? No. Oh, Because Ashton Kutcher was playing oh. Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Who do you think is going to win then, Mikey? Uh, I, I think it's Leo's going to win. I'd, I'd nearly make an argument for Matt Damon. Probably should, though. I, not that I think that's the best movie in that category, but he is the Martian like it's yeah, it's almost it's a solo movie almost mm. and to kind of withstand like to well like it, most oh, of the time yeah. it's just him on screen not acting with anybody else and it's still one of the most watchable like it's fucking yeah I also well I don't know if he b- even really belongs in there like I think his performance he doesn't seem that fucking fussed about no, being on Mars like, it's a weird it's like, choice for him I know that they, they're trying like, to give the yeah. film a sense of levity like it's not gravity but at the same time, there's certain <laughs> points where it's like, well, you're not fucking breaking it, yeah. man. Yeah, he's just like, no, no, I'm just going to grow some potatoes. And also, my whole pot has just exploded, but it's okay. Like, I don't know. He was a pragmatic dude. I just dude. always, I always yeah. doubt it's like Fonzie real in push space. for survival. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I suppose, it, 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 but it's more, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange argument because it's just the fact that I, I like that movie so much was just down to him. More of the weight fell on his shoulders. Yeah, like, and, and I think you put a different actor in that movie and I probably would have hated it. Like viciously, mm. it depends. On but the I think actor, if you though. brought some a bit more emotion to it, like, like as you said, he'd seem not fussed. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, like, but imagine Matthew McConaughey in that fucking role. Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, but look at Tom Hanks in Castaway. Have you seen that recently? Yeah, it was on the other night. <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrible. It's terrible. What are you kidding me? That's So you've got Tom Hanks, terrible. who we just said earlier is always kind of <laughs> Tom Hanks, nice and soft. But you actually are like, oh my god, Tom Hanks. <laughs> you, know, this is like, you know how are you gonna get I off this Tom. island <laughs> yeah Tom Hanks is great he's like how are you gonna get off and then at the end and he's there at his uh, party and, and he's got the lighter and he's like look how easy everything is for people with yeah, fire yeah. and then you have Matt Damon who's stuck up in Mars and he's like hey I love disco music and <laughs> just making jokes and it's a completely different kettle of fish yeah. Yeah. I also think it's funny that if Leo wins 
there's a Facebook group started saying let everyone let's meet at the spire yeah. if yeah. he wins it's like 2,000 people already there's 3,000 people really? I checked, <laughs> I caught, that, yeah. that people on the internet saying they're going to go to the spire I want to see the spire are they just going to go mod. and high five or something well, yeah why the spire just just, yeah. just yeah. Everyone and they're meant to turn the spire, spire gold like, as well. like when you're from the country and you're coming to Dublin for the day okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow okay I'm from the country spire is great because you can see it from far <laughs> yeah. away so everybody kind of goes there you don't like, have to All say right. a street name around the only there. problem yeah. is you have to keep walking around it yeah, just because yeah. you don't know which side you're going to be but at. what are they going to do with the spire uh, look. they're going to high five and go home like you said but it's going to be like you're going to meet there and go be like woo Leo you're not be like, like four o'clock in the yeah, morning. I've got all my it's new friends. It's from midnight yeah. till three, so maybe. Does, yeah, does it, will it be announced by midnight? I'm not sure. No, no, no. no, no. no. It won't be announced till about three. That's one, one of the last one one of the latest, it, so one, yeah. latest ones to go. Imer, who's going to win? They're not holding at a different time this year. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. I'm not. I'm not Connor? sure. I'll go Leo. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Is nobody making a case for Trumbo? No. 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 Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's seen it. I didn't enjoy that movie. No, uh, I didn't think uh, Brian Cranston. <laughs> he just hasn't. He hasn't topped uh, Hal from Malcolm in the Middle yet. Yeah. So he is actually meant to be very good in it. Yeah, no, he's meant yeah. to be, meant to be the, the best thing in it. It's sorry, listeners, we dropped the ball on that one. None of us watched Trumbo. <laughs> Peeling the curtain back. Yeah. <laughs> he is meant to be the best thing in it. It's meant to be so so film, but he yeah. he is meant to be very good, but. It's. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's Leo or Fassbender for me. Um, Al, Al Pacino Fassbender. won his first Oscar for Scent of Woman, I think, didn't he? Mm. And Scorsese won for The Departed. Mm. Right. Yeah, both. It's, it's both not their best work. Yeah, yeah. Is that the same situation yeah, for Leonardo DiCaprio this year? Yeah. Is it a good year because there isn't, as you say, it's not like a really tough year. So. It's and like, it's a pity because I think he deserves it for other things, but. Mm. But it, it is a good film. Yeah, but I mean, it's not it's it's not his best performance. The film is amazing, mm. but he's elevated by his surroundings and everything mm. else in it. It's not his necessarily his performance, right? Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of I know but moaning is, and dying is, and things. I, I know we've just dedicated an entire podcast to it, but it's really not a great anything for anything. Like, it's not a great like. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's not a great bar for the best movies of the year because it's just I like that. Hence why I got I got so obsessed with the nominations because I didn't really understand why you know sometimes it's just one film in there and you're like well now you've just dragged everything else down. Mm-hmm. Are you happy Shakespeare in Love? Oh stop! <laughs> Don't bring that up, Gwyneth Paltrow. But isn't that right? Okay, that's an exception to the rule, really. But generally, the best the film that wins best film is generally good, right? Yeah, it's generally good. Well, I think Crash it, was the last time that a real stinker yeah. won Best Film. Mm-hmm. Oh, for Saving Private Ryan. Cra- no, that's no, not no, no. the same. What an amazing movie. It Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan lost to something that shouldn't have won. I think it was Crash. That was, no, no, that, no, was that might have been Shakespeare. Oh, sorry. Crash there was there like 2004 Fiction, or something. 2006. Oh, I thought you were saying no, Saving Private Ryan was terrible. No, Pulp Fiction lost to Forrest Gump. That was Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, and I think The Shawshank Redemption. Quiz Show and Shawshank Redemption were all best picture. So who lost to... Which... I'm not sure who lost the crash, but crash I think is the last time that like was a that film really that no film? one likes anymore. Yeah, no, it's oh wait, there was something crash. that has stood there. Not the Cronenberg one now. No, this is, yeah, picture. not the sex on car. Oh, crash. Yeah, not the people who are like though. fucking each other's wounds yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The really ham- this is the which is crash awesome with racism, the very oh, yeah. heavy-handed yeah. racism yeah, yeah, stuff. But yeah. you know that the director himself has said. I mean, I don't think it's it was Paul best Haggis. picture. He actually has said, I don't think it was Best Picture. No. Mm. But he took the award, of course. So. I'm sure he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think, again, the the way they've... Because Best Picture wasn't always done the way with the, the ranking order. And that sometimes means that what will win won't always be everybody's favourite. But it might be the most common second favourite or whatever. Or the most common third favourite. Yeah, yeah. Might actually win the Best Picture, even though it wasn't 
the most people who voted the number one. So there's like, actually, yeah, they're saying this year, I know we'll come to Best Picture, but there's a possibility of something like Room nipping in because there's yeah, contenders yeah, like split another, between yeah, The Revenant yeah, and yeah, Spotlight yeah, and stuff. Yeah, oh, so okay. it's like, oh, they, they oh, might yeah. actually kind of eliminate each other and yeah. then a lot of people's second preference becomes okay. their first, you know? Yeah. Yeah, let's move on to the actresses. Is Saoirse going to bring it home? No. no. Don't think so. It'll be Brie Larson. Brie Larson? Yeah. I think so. She was She's amazing. picking up everything. And just to, yeah. I suppose, let's just say who's, who's in it. Kate Blanchett uh, for uh, Carol. 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 Brie Larson for Room. Jennifer Lawrence for Joy. Joy. Charlotte Rampling for, for 45, 45 Years. Yeah. And Saoirse Ronan for Brooklyn. Um, I think Jer- Jennifer Lawrence, like not that she was terrible in it, but that's kind of a dud almost. Like Joy? Yeah. yeah. It's okay it's uh, it's an okay film she's very good in it to be yeah. fair she's there, good yeah there is like well, like she's just charming and like she's fun to look at uh, that sounded sleazy <laughs> <laughs> like but like she's a charming actress though she's good and, on like, screen yeah. she's properly she good has the screen. thing that movie yeah. stars not, have where you yeah. just want to look at them yeah. someone else though I like I, I can't think off the top of my head but is, is there not someone else who's more deserving to be the fifth person in that than who than Jennifer Lawrence We'd have to I get a list of this year's films. I feel like Jennifer it. Lawrence is the new Meryl Streep who'll just have a nomination every year. <laughs> well, <laughs> as long as year. that director... <laughs> like, for instance, him. Alicia Vikander for Ex Machina. You know, I know she's already... She wouldn't be lead. Would she be leading... Uh, I know she's the lead actress because our lead female actor yeah, because she she's the only female actor. She was supporting. Oh no, no, she, there's, there's Japanese the sexual... We can work around She's a robot and there's no section for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So I think it's going to be Brie Larson. Yeah, is everybody just? And I, I don't think that's an upset in any way. Like no, she's, no, she's she's, she's great in it. Yeah. I haven't checked the bookies on that one, but I think, yeah, I think she is yeah. the favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's been she's winning everything along the way. Yeah. yeah, I think she was brilliant because she's like she's the victim the whole way through the film. It's not the kid, you know. You you, you kind of assume the kid is the victim the whole way through, but it's actually her because the kid is completely. You make insane. it sound like it's a M Night Shyamalan style twist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that the kid is actually the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the kid is insulated the whole way through. Yeah, um, and it's her. And I, it, it was just like I don't know. Yeah, the kid doesn't know any better. The kid, when, the kid thinks room is the world, and when he yeah, goes out yeah. into the world, he's like, "When are we going home?" He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't get it. Yeah. yeah. So she, it's, it's her that's dealing with everything. So and obviously she can't exp- express how she's dealing with it mm-hmm. at any stage while they're in room until she gets out and obviously there's breakdowns and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but it's the silent victim role I think was just was very very powerful. The domestic violence, different things like that. Mm-hmm. It's 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 extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she has to win. I think she has to win for it. And. Saoirse Ronan was good, but it's just not. Yeah, right. no, I thought well, that she was, was a, excellent. That was, in it, but that was a lovely movie. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, it's not it's kind of just a lovely movie, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, but it I, wasn't like I expect to be bored. Like if I, if I hadn't heard an, enough good reviews, I never would have went to see it. Um, I, I I think in the review I was saying it it is a good film to watch like at Christmas with your man. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't mean that yeah. as an or insult like to it, but it is movie. that kind yeah. of it's yeah. a very nice period piece. It's, it's very yeah, it's heartwarming. It's got a sense like a a sense of like emotion to it that feels you know mostly earned, but. Yeah, I don't think she's going to win no. for it. Even though she's very, very good in it. She should have just had, like, uh, like her character should have had cancer or something. That would have elevated <laughs> her right up. Or she could have, like, lost a bunch of weight. Or, yeah. had, like, <laughs> or put on a bunch of weight. Put on a bunch, like, beefed up, got shredded. <laughs> so, Brie Larson as well, she didn't, uh, she, didn't, she, she didn't shower or something for, like, 
three or four weeks while she was see that's the kind of stuff you need to do to win an Oscar like that's what I mean like she was real kind of yeah yeah, the conditions on on set were apparently and the way they actually shot that wasn't really well in a small room they actually shot and Mm. and all the walls were movable so they could put cameras in isn't that right and did slots they they, they had a I'm not even sure if they even did the movable wall thing because they, they I think they really well, did embrace I think, I think they had a pit in the floor yeah, that they could yeah, sit that's into. what it was part of it could move around so they could yeah. handle cameras and stuff. but I think he, like he, he uh, really embraced shooting in a, in a confined space yeah. and he wrote uh, Lenny Abramson wrote a letter to Emma Donoghue that's now online mm. which is how he kind of got the gig or at least got into the room to because uh, yeah. I think she obviously <laughs> had some oh, no. No, uh, <laughs> I didn't mean that but uh, <laughs> she obviously had some say over who uh, would be picked to direct it and he, he said like be very wary of people trying to work against that like he was saying he thinks that's a strength that you're so contained in that little space and that you should really embrace that and how you shoot it yeah. that you shouldn't use any kind of stylistic tricks to work around that so I think they really did just get in there mm. and it really worked yeah she must have when she sold the rights she must have actually kept a lot of some of the rights because she actually wrote the screenplay as well didn't yeah. she yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that I think I always think that helps when the author is actually one of the screenwriters because they're the closest person to it and maybe that well, yeah, I imagine do it's it the well. hardest job though to do to, if you, especially if you l- actually like the book you wrote and you weren't writing it with the aim to make a movie out of it well I think she's done a lot of theatre as well yeah. uh, previously so like she uh, she understand like I'd say some novelists might or would be a pain in the arse to or just wouldn't get like no this is a completely is different first medium uh, she wrote a short film before I can't remember the name of it but first feature screenplay yeah. I think I, I could be wrong but I think that's like did anybody like see uh, The Counselor Brady Snellis that is the worst the screenplay that was his first no it's The Counselor not Brady Snellis uh, Cormac McCarthy Cormac McCarthy oh sorry yeah, 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 Brady yeah, Snellis yeah. has wrote horrible screenplays as well. yeah, yeah. That's, The yeah. Counselor is <sighs> the best film on paper to be the worst film ever <laughs> really do you not know, like, like Cormac McCarthy uh, yeah. who directed it, uh, it Ridley Scott Ridley Scott, Scott, Scott yeah. and then it has like Cameron Brad Diaz, Pitt Cameron Diaz Michael Fassbender Javier Bardem and it's terrible it's, I didn't Diaz watch it has I just on don't screen. it's quite okay <laughs> it's just it's really bad the movie. most yeah what <laughs> <laughs> it's an just... impressively bad film that sounds good though yeah it sounds like what's it Nicole Kidman pissing on Zac Efron in The Paperboy did I mention it on the last book <laughs> <laughs> you text me like every day the same thing have you watched it yet is it Brie Larson across the board yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, alright who's going to be the best director of the year Alejandro Inaratu who do we who's who's in the just going to throw that out there Jed who's uh, nominated I didn't realise I was meant to be on Adam that Adam McKay <laughs> Adam McKay George Miller, Miller. Oh, sorry. So Alejandro Inaratu Lenny Abramson, and Tom McCarthy Tom McCarthy for Spotlight, Denny Abrahams for Room, Alejandro Inaratu for The Revenant, George Miller, Mad sure. Max Fury Road, and Adam McKay, The Big Short. It's weird. I think Room is genuinely the best film yeah. in the best... Uh, I think it is. It, I think it's probably the one I, I, I enjoy watching the most as well. Yeah, like Room is amazing. So on that level, I should be like, well, it's Denny Abramson. But at the same time, looking at that, part of me wants to say George Miller, purely George because... Miller, yeah. Like directing action is so hard. Like action and comedy are the two hardest things to really do and have them come across because you've seen so many that just in those two genres in particular, maybe horror as well, and like they're genres that don't get as much respect. Yeah, but like you've seen films like that where it just falls completely flat. Has he won before? George Miller. Yeah, (laughs) he's only done Mad Max, Happy (laughs) Feet. He's done Mad Max, Babe, and Happy Feet. Happy Feet. Happy Feet. 
I don't know. But like, yeah, that, the, the last bit we we're saying this on the last podcast, the last like live action hit he has was what, Bay Pig the City. Like, it, what was that, 1996 yeah, or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Like, a lot, like 20 years ago. Or maybe 98 or something. Yeah, but everything Bay Pig in the City is like the gritty reboot of Bay. Yeah. It's like. But everything was like, set up for, for George Miller to completely fail on Mad Max, yeah. I think. And he just absolutely nailed it. Like, yeah, he just yeah. got it. It should everything have been right, terrible. Like. They're actually yeah. director to not do that much for that long. And the, like the last Mad Max wasn't, you know, it's not. The third one, yeah. Yeah, but he yeah, waited enough time to make this. Whereas George Lucas didn't wait enough <laughs> yeah. to make episode one. <laughs> A tip for anyone who hasn't seen it, who might be listening, is that Cineworld are showing it. Yeah, it's IMA- sold out. IMAX. Is it sold out? Yeah, I tried to buy it. Four it's year the old. only one. Four, four euro, euro IMAX. Ooh, Mad four Max euro IMAX. This yeah. Saturday or something. Oh, yeah. It's this Saturday, IMAX yeah. Uh, festival. Yeah, yeah they're showing Gravity and that. That's the only one I really wanted to see. Oh, when like, are they showing Gravity? They're just showing Everything's four. on that Saturday. Yeah. Oh, they're all on yeah, the same Saturday, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Mad Max. Four Thank quid, you. though. Yeah, I know. It would be great as well to see him win just for that acknowledgement of like mm. hopefully you'd see more solid genre films getting made because yeah. it's a big boon to any type of film because like the people making them know okay if you get Oscar nominations there is a box office return on that yeah. if you get enough yeah. nominations you like that's a sound investment if yeah. you're if you, but you have to angle for that and gamble on that so it would be great to see people gamble on action films like that that yeah. are well made at the same is time, it it's a great. I don't argument. think he's going to get it. I think it's going to be in Ritu. Is that going to fall to the same thing that we talked about at the start, where it's all these 60, 70, 80 year old men looking at Mad Max going, What the hell is this? It's not oh, the best yeah. What age is George Miller? He's, uh, he's an elderly yeah. 70s. Yeah, but is I mean, the okay, 70s, there's, there's going to be some you know cool ones, but if you've got 6,000 of them, there's going to be a, you know, a lot of people. Who yeah, I, I kind of had originally thought it had a strong chance because I remember previously thinking that directors in direct are, you know, they're mainly made up of directors. Uh, the, are the people actually nominating who's going to win but yeah if, I think if, if, if Mad Max is going to win any category you'll be directing for that reason because it's it's directors voting and they, they do seem to just seem to really like that film mm. but still I think it's going to be Alejandro anybody think? I think Spotlight could take it either yeah, yeah. When, for direction I don't think it should I think it could like it's not like it's a it's a nice and it's good it's a really good film overall and it, it's I like Spotlight, but it's not. Uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't knock my socks off as a movie. I don't. I don't. I, it's, it's actually. I think between it and like, the Revenant, they're the two duking it out really for best picture. Apparently, yeah. I don't know. I would have thought the Room and the Revenant. Yeah, I'd love. No, to Room many. is a, a real outsider yeah, in terms yeah. of where the bookies are. Just to be clear, Room and the Room are very, very. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the Room. I thought it was. <laughs> I, there must be someone who's gone to a, a cult yeah. Yeah. of the Room and be like, "This was nominated for best picture." <laughs> <laughs> just Brie Larson looks weird <laughs> <laughs> oh you'd be like wow she's really disappeared into that role give that woman an Oscar she's bulked up and looked like a weird French fucking gargoyle <laughs> to <laughs> to come from uh, Anchorman Step Brothers Talladega yeah. Nights and then to make the big short does that does that Peter that thinks Adam McKay is my winner for best Really? Yeah. you think yeah and do you think that comes into it, the history, and then... I think no, nothing to do with the history. fourth wall breaks were misjudged, like I thought. I think well, a see, lot of it was misjudged. I thought I the fourth wall breaks were brilliant. Yeah. I thought it worked as a movie in terms of what it needs to do and, 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 and make it understandable, and they, they definitely helped, but I don't think they made it a better... I, don't I know. think for the best director category, you need somebody to pull all the elements together from across Everton, so... The Revenant, for me, the story wasn't hugely emotional or emotive. I wasn't too drawn into it Spotlight I thought just plod along it was very run of the mill it was going A to B to C to D and then it finishes and we all know what the end was going to be anyways Mad Max I thought was just it was brilliant visually 
you know, not a huge amount else to it. Room wasn't very stylistic. I didn't think there was anything amazing in how it looked. Mm. But for me, the big short, I think, just pulled everything together. Okay, so it had unbelievable script, I thought. And the idea of breaking the fourth wall, using all these pop culture references, mm. Selena Gomez, Anthony Bourdain, all these people just popping up. It's going to age so badly. That <laughs> it, it, it probably will, like, I mean, but, I mean, the financial crisis that happened is just of this yeah, time. Like, yeah. It's just That's of this true. generation. Uh, so that, that the style that they had to do, that he had to use to mm. bring across, like, who knew what a CDO was before watching The Big Short? Yeah, now I know yeah. exactly what a CDO is. Mm. Uh, Anybody want to oh. break this down for us? <laughs> <laughs> Selena Gomez, I need her to explain yeah. it to yeah. me again. But it was I, an unbelievable way of yeah. of making all that information accessible. On top of that, there's a huge emotional punch. I thought it was just, it made me, it, it's, it starts kind of like a comedy. Uh, then it kind of turns into a bit of a drama. Then it's kind of a financial story. Uh, by the end of it, it's a horror film. It's uh-huh. an absolute horror film. yeah. Like, yeah. And it made me so angry. I feel really strongly about her. Very, very angry. Mm. Um, Steve Carell's character was was unbelievable. Yeah, Even right. just the slight one scene just of his brother standing on a ledge just before yeah. he commits suicide. And it's it's very it's very slight. But he's like the he's the audience. Steve Carell is the audience the whole way through the film. Yeah. As he as he gets angrier and angrier and angrier until a point where he just resigns and goes, I can't believe this is actually reality. So it has all the brilliant um, uh, performances as well. Even Ryan Gosling, who's not even mentioned, was very good in it. Yeah, he's just not really getting any uh, attention. Christian from Bale was, was brilliant great. in it. The two he's young the lads, the two... Awake, I suppose. He dyed his hair. Did he? <laughs> he looks a bit strange in it, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's just a weird he dyed looking. his hair because it's... Yeah. So I think across the board, it yeah. pulled all these elements together yeah. and made it what I feel, what I, 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 I think is going to win, I, what I wanted to win Best Picture. I think it was the best film of the year. Using right. that See, same I, argument, yeah. I'd say Room. Because if you're talking about the director being responsible for the whole film and mm. every element, I just thought Room. Yeah. Did, like I left that film so kind of, I don't know. It just it stayed with me for so bloody long, and and the performances to get that out of a nine year old, mm. just amazing. Well, I like I've been a huge fan of Lenny Abrams, and I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. love him to win. And so and well, he, shot judged he, was probably, well. he was probably only about seven when he. He's nine. He's me. nine. No, he's nine now. Oh, is, no, well, no. I think he's 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 old enough. Actually, yeah, he's, old, yeah. he's a lot he's, older he's than the older character. Than he plays. The car- he's about three years older than the character is supposed to be. But um, when they shot it, he was probably seven. But no, because the character's five, isn't he? And the thing, he's about three or four years older than they like. I know that. Yeah. I don't know what age he is now, but I, he's, know. I think he's. I think he's now. nineteen. <laughs> 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 but like, it's it is. I thought it was tonally one of the best judge films mm. I've ever seen. I just seen, didn't find it as visually stimulating. Yeah. As say, I thought Mad it was Max or though, as a story, I did. Mm. But just to, I, I just want to give like a, a counterpoint. Mm. This is a debating chamber too. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the big short. I thought that film was good but I also thought the director was really working to try and inject some kind of style to it to make it not dull or not seem academic uh, I think something like Margin Call that tackles Margin Call, Margin yeah. Call is Fantastic fucking awesome yeah. Yeah. it has the same subject one. matter in a very different way and I think does it better I think the attempt Holmes, the, no is it the, good no it's supposed to be it's on the same topic and it's supposed to be one that people feel okay. was was left out and should have been in this but like yeah this one the, in, in the attempt to make it stylistic the pacing of it becomes very like I can't believe you guys are doing this I can't believe you guys are doing this it's I still I can't believe you guys are doing this so it kind of feels like it all stays at the same level for me a lot and then ends and also I don't, some I of don't the, so. the the kind of uh, the kind of postmodern breaking the fort wall stuff I was like he's just doing Michael Winterbottom he's just doing 24 hour party people mm-hmm. like the people talking to the camera there's even one scene in it where they say it didn't. It didn't happen like that, and they point 
to the film being a film and it's almost a direct pull from a, like a much better scene in 24 hour party people and in 24 hour party people it feels just it, they justify it in a different way because that's the story of a very intellectual smart arse and it, it makes sense that he the story would be told that way whereas in this it does feel like they kind of had to do that in order to make it make you understand it and it, I don't. I don't feel. It doesn't feel like as organic a use of uh, breaking the fourth wall, if that even makes sense, because mm. it's not meant to be organic. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean. It, it doesn't feel as justified. It feels like it, a fix but, but rather I, than a reason to exist. You know. But I, I actually like the I, fix of it though. It's like in, instead of it just being like, and now the person turns to the fourth wall. It's like to explain that here's Margot Robbie in a tub. But I it's meant to be was, jarring. I think the yeah, idea exactly. is that it's meant I to just throw ended you up out. With Margot Robbie actually not seen. I, that was a terrible <laughs> way of making me pay attention <laughs> to anything. That <laughs> well, that was the first one, and I found that one slightly jarring. But by the time but they did the show, it was very jarring because there's a huge amount of jump cuts in the Margot Robbie. The very that's the very very yeah. first instance yeah, where that happened. It is, yeah. and it's it's. I think it purposely just rips you out of your chair yeah. and goes. Pay attention. Here's to this. This here's here's interesting facts or here's important facts for yeah. what what you need to know going forward, and then throws you back into the film, and yeah. then you kind of go along, and again it jumps out. Now I think they're very purposefully done like that, mm. um, just to go, like you know it's like. Jennifer Aniston here's the science part you know in the fucking L'Oreal ads it's like literally <laughs> stop and listen here just for a second it's only going to take 30 seconds we're going to explain unbelievable complicated mm. information and you're going to take it forward um, I don't think it plods along like I, I, I think there's you know the scene where they go down to Florida uh, where mm. Steve Carell goes down mm. with the guys that scene is that's like that's the precipice and uh, once they leave Florida it just drops into into the horror show that that, yeah. that happens. I thought it, it it just built up to this point where there's the where's the realization, and then yeah. and then and then sweeps and the bits into where he's like interviewing people, like the, the in in Vegas when he's talking to that guy, he man's all smug about it. And yeah, then, and the estate agents are right up there. Yeah, and he's just getting angrier and angrier talking to these people. Yeah, yeah. and then the like, stripper, and she's like, "What do you mean? I've got like seven houses." Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you're gonna. And he's yeah, and I and I think he really yeah. You said he's the audience. It's like that's how you know people are feeling like just like that. He could like he understood the financial system perfectly, but he couldn't understand how this was happening, mm. and that's how I suppose we felt. Yeah, anyway. yeah. I thought I thought he was great. I thought, yeah, but I'm, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Steve Carell didn't get nominated. I would. I thought he should have got. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Even just, even better than how good he was last year mm. in um, that other film called Foxcatcher. Yeah. Foxcatcher. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you're going with Adam McKay? I'm going with Adam McKay on that one. Oh, I'd love to see Lenny Abramson in. I really, yeah, genuinely yeah, yeah. would. Uh, who's going? Are you going with Lenny? I, I, yeah, I think so. Well, I think so. Well, it's statistically, or like throughout the years, does the director and the best pitcher no. compare? No. Mm. But no, then I think no. Lenny, I think it, it Sometimes, is. but not a yeah. lot of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. I think it's going to happen the opposite way. Where Lenny's a room is going to be. Room will get best We're picture. not there yet. But right? Alejandro, Alejandro. In our is anyone answer, saying George Miller? I think I'd love to see George Miller, but I think, yeah, if you're I, in the bet, it'll have to be. I think Alejandro will get it, but it would be great. I mean, if I'm to look at the best picture films, I'm like, what? I actually loved, enjoyed Mad Max Fury Road a lot more than a lot of them. As in sitting there, mm-hmm. kind of just amazing best cinema film. experience. Yeah, and it's just just sheer enjoyment. Mm. And I mean, you, The Martian was fun. Sorry, I've gone into the wrong one. I'm yeah. waiting this one. <laughs> Connor, best writer. Uh, Gonna say Alejandro, I think he's gonna win it. And Jed? Uh, I'd love to see Lenny Abramson win it. 
because uh, I think he made the best movie. I'd also love to see George Miller win it. I don't think they're gonna. I think it's gonna be in your view. I think even think Spotlight could take it for directing, but like, uh, mm. I, I, just in terms of it's a very Oscar friendly yeah, thing. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. upset anyone. A yeah. lot of people can watch that and be like, yeah, good movie. What if they're Catholic? Then? Yeah, probably upsets <laughs> a few popes. Upsets <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a few popes and bishops. Um, yeah, but that's hardly. Yeah. I think Spotlight will be no one's taking like a pro HBO fucking rape TV. stance <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very, it is a bit television but actually what is like a good HBO down. film I thought Spotlight was I thought Spotlight was great yeah, yeah, like, but it's, it's a good movie but no I'm not saying it should but I do yeah. think in terms of odds I think it's building a lot of yeah. momentum yeah. I thought it was I thought it was actually really really strong and I thought and I was really enthralled about it the whole way through yeah and especially at the end like sometimes at the end you're like text is like oh why like you know is there not another way to do this but when they were like, here's some other places where stuff happened. And I was like, screen after screen <laughs> in cities. And I was like, Jesus Christ. The one, thing, the one thing I found about Spotlight was it, there was a huge amount of inevitability about it. We all, we all know. Like, we were all, what, in late 20s, early 30s. We all kind of grew up. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not the podcast. <laughs> like, we all grew up in the generation that knew what was happening with the Catholic Church. We aren't from an older generation who, who couldn't believe this could possibly yeah, happen. Yeah. We always knew it didn't feel like a betrayal to us no, hearing yeah. about this. No, not at all. Do you think maybe it's like 10 years too late a film? Or? Maybe maybe 10 years too late. Like, I mean, it just... It just Isn't that the same with The Big Short? We know what happens there as well. No, that's more on... That was two years ago, three years Yeah, but ago. we still know how it ends, right? We yeah. know that there's a crash. Yeah, but no one knew why there was such a bad but crash. But at the same time, when that when they came up with those statistics at the end, I know it tricked me. I was like, oh, did that happen? Where they're like, oh, now these old people are in jail. And it's like, only joking. No, they're not. Because when that, you know, at the very end of the film where they, they, they put up the text saying... Oh, you're in the big short now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where the, these bankers are now in prison. And then it's like, kidding, of course they're not. Yeah. 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 But like there was a moment where I was like, really? Are they? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I, I, think, I think for me, Spotlight lost its, lost its emotional impact as it went along. Because as the characters in it began to understand the gravity of what was actually happening in Boston, they were shocked. But I wasn't. I was like, sure, we know that's happened. That's been happening in Ireland for, for 40 years. Like. Yeah. Uh, for me, it just, it, just, it, it just kind of meandered on until, yeah, yeah. until it finished. And you're kind of like, I'm glad somebody has said it. I'm glad there's people who mightn't have known this who do know it now. Mm. Yeah, I suppose but you're for right. for a lot of people yeah. who... But I don't think it was trying to like sound the bull horn. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. don't think... I, I didn't feel like that either. Like, That's it's not, not a like phrase. It was, I meant sound the alarm. Sorry, <laughs> 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 right, we, were, we, we were all with you on it. We were with you, yeah. <laughs> sound the ball on like as if it's a <laughs> shitty fucking radio show. <laughs> <laughs> <or> like, spring break. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, clerical abuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't think it was like revealing anything. Mm-hmm. I think what I what was really interesting to me was how they went about telling the story how the journalists actually had to fight to yeah. get this story out that was, in, that was interesting I think was it also works a as a kind of a bit uh, yeah. a, as a love song to journalism that's disappearing that, that now yeah, yeah, that yeah. couldn't happen I think it, it, it works on in that way as mm. well that it's a kind of thing that the internet has largely destroyed that the idea that a local paper well a big local paper <laughs> but mm. still a local paper would spend like or have a team that spends months or maybe a year investigating one story because kind of spotlight the the group were kind of on the brink of being disbanded weren't they and then they went and did this and they obviously mm. but like is there bad guys in spotlight Cardinal well, Law the priest. Cardinal Law but the, you don't feel any threat from the whole them, you know, that church I know there's the whole what's church what's that slimy guy what's the, his the name lawyer. Uh, yeah the guy who's in Big Fish and all that um, what's his name that actor 
That guy, yeah. It's interesting yeah. that the director also played the sh- the world's shittiest journalist yeah, in yeah, The Wire, yeah, which yeah, dealt yeah. with that stuff yeah. directly. In the same paper. That's how and made The Cobbler this year. Yeah. yeah. Or not this year gone, which is like a movie that has, I think, 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Adam Sandler it's very bizarre. magical oh, comedy. Shoes. I wonder, was yeah. that just a pay? Was that a paycheck? No, I, I don't know. I don't think so. No. I think that was. Speaking of paychecks, Adam McKay supposedly was told he had to make Anchorman 2 before he was given the money to do oh, the big no short. Way. I wonder, that that's sense. what I was thinking. Was it something like that? Like, if you, if you, look, we need someone to make this cobbler one. If I you do that, we'll give you. Did he not write it as well? I think. Yeah, I, actually, was I think it, you're was right. It, was it, was it a, <laughs> I think it might have been a movie that Adam Sandler might have been forced. That that marriage was probably seems kind of forced. The cobbler could have been probably something else mm. before the main character was Adam Sandler and it turned into. What exactly you'd expect when some when he puts on someone else's shoes gets pervy and oh, it's meant to be like a magical realist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all the latest Adam Sandler films. It's like he finds the, the remote. last good Adam Sandler movie, the last good one. Yeah, let's not get into this. <laughs> well, it's funny he try he still does try occasionally, but just the last several times he's tried yeah. to step out of that. I did think Funny he, People was good. I like Funny People. I like Funny People, even though a lot of people didn't. But like a lot of people hated that, and I felt bad because that's again Sandler trying to go. Oh, I'll do I think people like Punch Drunk Love yeah. when I did a non-straight comedy thing. Yeah. They does Funny People at bombs. He did a thing last year. What was it called? I haven't seen it. Did a bomb? Men, men, women, and children. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, 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 that was but, meant to be terrible. But he he is actually I think meant to be quite good in it. But mm. just the film did shittily. So like that's I think is why he keeps going back. Jack and also, Jill they was, thought Pixels was going to be him doing something a little bit different because oh, yeah. that was based on a very like a. a supposedly a very good short film like so that they started with a good source material mm. and then uh, yeah and then click was Adam great Sandler. yeah <laughs> click was great no it wasn't yeah you're not allowed to talk anymore <laughs> <laughs> but like he's arguably not made like even really good <laughs> comedies since maybe big daddy and, and that's not really good but it's quite it's a strong or comedy happy gilmore no, yeah, but that's that's even before. Twenty years. Oh, but ago, I think yeah. Happy Gilmore is great. Yeah. Oh yeah, Happy Gilmore is great. Yeah, that's his that's his best comedy. But Big Daddy is mm. serviceable comedy. It's probably yeah, yeah. the last good. Because then it was one. like what Little Nicky and stuff. Oh it yeah, was, that's yeah. the one that. Although was Mr. Deeds saying funny okay. people isn't a comedy. I have a feeling I liked it when I was like fifteen, which makes me suspect it might. I remember what's his name in it. The guy who plays Jesus in The Big Lebowski. Tutoro John Tutoro yeah, yeah. and he says sneaky sneaky so. that's all I remember from uh, Mr. Deeds <laughs> but I like him saying that uh, okay best film of the year no first Jed what's your who's going to win the director one? oh who is who's going to get it mm, I'd say Inuritu's going to get it I okay. would love Lenny to get it but fuck it is Room going to win best film I don't think it will I hope it does because I got money on it and I think it's the best film like Room I think is something that like even though I like Mad Max a lot, I think Room is just... I, like, I watch a lot of films and lots of times I'm quite jaded and I can't remember the last time I fucking felt that much and that level of emotion. Yeah, yeah. And in a way that wasn't uh, cheap or I didn't feel manipulated and it wasn't purely just the drama of it and what's happening to the characters. No, I hope it works out for someone. Even though there is that, like, there's a scene in it about halfway through where, like, my heart just leapt oh. with pure joy and relief and I yeah. cannot like like all the way through uh, Room I was almost in tears and like even when I went out even just describing things about it that I liked to my girlfriend I was like oh Jesus fucking yeah. like I couldn't get over how much I felt during it But and it's not just because it's dramatic I think it's really affecting because it also works as a kind of a metaphor for everyone and like our, our, our horizons expanding and not being able to fully understand 
that and like we all have an, a certain narrow view and the idea of like someone seeing sky for the first time yeah, is hard yeah. not to be affected by yeah. uh, the same way like prison movies can work as a kind of a metaphor for the world like that and also someone said an interesting thing to me it also I think taps into something where when someone's raising a kid when you're a kid for the first few years of your life your parent is literally your world and in that it's very strong in that too that like his whole world is just this little room and his mom yeah, and then you grow up a bit, and you realize there's all this other stuff to get, to deal with, and the world is a much bigger, harder to understand, a messier place, a more wondrous place, a more frightening place. I fucking love room. Yeah. I really hope it wins. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'll get eight hundred quid if it wins. <laughs> but like, I mean everything I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is great, and that's it, what you're saying there about um, your parent is your world. That first scene where he just has a bowl of cereal with the. The, with Brie Larson's stepdad or whoever it is that's uh, an incredible yeah. scene yeah. Mm. it's like for the first time yeah. he goes and trusts another adult yeah. and I just thought like he's only eating cereal but this is amazing mm. yeah no I, I agree with everything you're saying um, I, I don't think it will win <laughs> will I ha- I j- well look, will we just take out right, weirdly British Spotlight when I checked the win. bookies Spotlight was the favourite really which is baffling to me no, no, I but I, I, I think it'll be Spotlight or Revenant but like Revenant I think has, it has 12 nominations uh, besides, I, w- besides I would love the Revenant yeah, yeah Revenant does yeah. Yeah. And then like Room's the best film next I think. on the list I think Revenant has the most anyway and as top two are right, we're going to take out like Brooklyn can't Mad win right? Bridge of Spies can't win you know what ones aren't going to win Brooklyn's not going to win Bridge of Spies there was that moment in Brooklyn that was a sad you know when it's mom her mom was like you know, okay. I'm just yeah. gonna go up to bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're geez, a bit like, "Geez, yeah. no, Brooklyn was good, like it is for good all those film, Irish but people." But that was that one moment that I kind of <coughs> went, "Oh, that's sad." I actually the rest don't of think it, it, I didn't. I don't think, think it should have been nominated. Actually, to no, be honest. not at all for best film. Like, I thought Search Around should be nominated. That's about it. Yeah. Or even. Well, I think for yeah, Americans watching it now, it's interesting reading American reviews because they were saying it's really where where rare to hear a positive story about immigration. Yeah. Especially given the current climate in America, yeah. where you have uh, Trump and the other Republicans going mental. That's, yeah, actually, I never thought about it in that way. Yeah, so like, yeah. I, I think yeah, I was like, oh, that's something that's obviously chiming with an American audience in a different way. To for an Irish person watching it, you're it's like, so yeah, funny. we always fucking. It's, like, it's an immigration movie. To us, an immigration movie. I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a very good way of looking at it. Yeah, because I, I imagine that's like it's it was a smart thing to call it Brooklyn. I know he, they didn't have a choice, but. Because well, like, otherwise it's such an Irish movie, and no one would. could have called it Wexford. Yeah, but no one. No one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one would have wanted to see it because it's like mostly an Irish cast. It's 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 very, like it's very about Ireland and and mm. and that time, uh, but it's managed to do pretty well over in the states. I like, it's doing better in the room, I think. So room, room, room. <laughs> very important. Room, room. It's definitely doing better than their room. I yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. That film's been on Monthly, tour. it's, it's Weirdly, I've seen the room more times than I've seen so many good films. <laughs> really? Like I've seen the room more than I've seen fucking like Vertigo or something. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen uh, James Franco and? Yeah, yes. that's good. That's such a dumb idea. Have you seen James Franco? The book as, is supposed to be brilliant. As the guy, the book's meant to be brilliant, but in terms of trying to capitalize on the comedy of of the room, mm. like the room is something that's so bad. I don't think so they're capitalizing the comedy though. I think this Are is maybe. I hope it'd be they funny do. if someone just started listening to the podcast <laughs> at this point. We're talking about the room, but continue. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. probably should stop talking about it because we're muddying the room, <laughs> the room water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it could be like, um, what's the Tim Burton movie? Wait. No, Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Where yeah, like that's, yeah, that's a good yeah. movie. Do you ever see um, the documentary American movie? 
Yeah, that's it's about depressing. this guy trying to make a really shitty B movie. He's Cold trying movie. to make a B movie, and he's terrible. He's just terrible. And you realize at one point that they're all alcoholics. Yeah, so. it's a really, it's it's just a very interesting film about the kind of creative process. But it's when you're absolutely not creative at all, you're just really bad at making films. Yeah, but yeah. That's also a documentary, though, so it gets a sense of earnestness, to yeah. it, as opposed to James Franco yeah. and everyone doing a version of it. Like, and I like that James Franco uh, James, is a high-functioning yeah. weirdo who just is, is was good-looking enough for a long for time that people didn't realize. Project. Maybe, yeah. Can anything beat Revenant? No. According Hopefully to the bookies, Spotlight. But, yeah, I'd love to see Mad Max win yeah. for genre films, but... I don't know that it will. It'd be, I, I think that, that could be in with it's a shot. Also, to be fair. it'd be great as well because Mad Max is the only one that wasn't released at the time of year that would suggest yeah. it was going for the Oscars. It was the only one of those films. It would be nice to Martian. be really Yeah, it's surprised. an amazing journey for it to get there. Uh, Martian was released ages ago. Was it ages ago? No, it was the summer half of the year. September, was it? Yeah, but the Oscar films come out in like January. Well, December, yeah. Yeah. Well, December, November, yeah. December, January. But yeah, it'd be nice to be surprised. Does it ever happen that the the film with the most nominations the 10 11 12 doesn't amounts, get best, doesn't get best no, picture no not necessarily what was the one that was nominated for tons and it didn't win any uh, a couple of years ago a lot of them action movies and stuff like Mad Max is the second most uh, heavily nominated film there and that's just because all the visual, all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so like a lot of times that could mean that it, it won't but Revenant is a very Oscar film yeah, yeah I think a lot of like action sci-fi stuff that can pick up a lot of technical awards for like I'm sure, like, just, I'm not sure how many Star Wars has, but it probably has three, a lot. Yeah. Is it only three that it has? Yeah, in, in sound total? editing, visual effects, visual effects, and another one. Sound What's mixing. <laughs> sound okay. mixing, sound editing, and visual effects. Star and Wars. music, though. An original score. Score. <laughs> 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 um, but like, yeah, films like that, or I'm sure The Lord of the Rings, or maybe even Avatar. Like, they get lots of nominations across. I think the, the, crowd. Lord the King had thirteen. Best picture. It had 13 nominations and it did win Best Picture. Yeah. But that did was Gravity the one that they gave it. Yeah. yeah. Did Gravity win Best Picture? Okay. But they, they gave it to Return to King rather. Like I'm sure director? Fellowship and Two Towers, they mm. kind of saved the Best Picture Oscar for yeah. Return to King. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's saying The Revenant? I'm saying Room. I'm saying The Big Short. Oh yeah, The Big Short. I would absolutely love Room to win, but mm. um, yeah. I just... Revenant, everybody else? Well, I think I'd be I very disappointed if Spotlight won. I think, yeah. I'd be very I think I'd be very disappointed. Would, I think that, there's that definitely two or three better films than it. Shitty outcome. Actually, like that said, there's no bad films possible. in that list. I no, think. there's no bad films. There's no, there's no real clangor in there. Like, what's that doing there? I, the Martian. I, I, I wouldn't I, put the Martian. I, I, in there. I don't love the Martian, but like, yeah, it's it it's entertaining. The, the Martian's the closest in, one. In the yeah. Love, so that's. <laughs> but again, like the Martian, you always know he's going to get off the fucking planet like he's always going to get it's home it's too like. happy not. well the same with Bridge of Spies I mean nothing's ever going to happen Tom Hanks so yeah. you just know that except for in Philadelphia yeah that's but I actually think it's not that kind of film the title Bridge of Spies and even the poster where it's like his head at an angle made it look like an action film or Tinker Tailor but Soldier Spy or something it's nothing yeah. like that no it's a courtroom drama spread mm. across two continents mm. so yeah. it's not really about a physical threat to him it's just about can you know can he work this thing that's happening yeah. Um, I suppose when you watch it you just feel <coughs> just relaxed throughout the whole there's not a bit of it that you're a little bit apprehensive about mm-hmm. I found it a very relaxing where's the revenant song. I don't know I was whooping on the screen every time Mark Rylance came <laughs> on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. would it help yeah that's all he'd say mm-hmm. but it was yeah it was just with that I was like soft what What was it you know when they bring out the new posters and that was called dad porn <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> honest posters yeah. alright well I think we'll wrap it up there 
Great yes. work, everybody. Three hours later, is it? <laughs> Great work. <laughs> Wait, so what, hang on. What's the, what's the consensus on what who said what's going for best? Uh, so that was an incoherent yeah, mismatch. But, but I know what you're saying. But, uh, Who's going to win best uh, best film? Uh, you said Revenant. Yeah. Peter said Big Short. Everybody else said Revenant, except okay. for me. I said Room. Okay. So it's just me and Peter who are. Do you actually believe the, Room or do you want? Both. Yeah. Both. Believe and want. I'm willing to stake my bet on that. Uh, Alan's, th- Alan's been reading The Secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for, for joining us. Say bye now. Bye. bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>